Hello, my name is Ed. And I'm Zachariah. And, and we have, have not never seen Indiana Jones number three. What? <laughs> We're going to have to retake that one. Adam is so disappointed. Yeah. What the hell happened? So yeah, I don't know. It's what just, the hell happened? They forgot the title of the movie. Right, yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah, I don't even know. What is the title? I don't know the title. <laughs> We're going to find out. Yeah. yeah. That's it's how in- little we know. Yes. So it's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And the Last Crusade. We'll okay. just do the second part. So ready? Okay. And we have never seen Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. As always, my name is Adam. I'm Johnny. And I'm Bridget. And this is the show where we show somebody, anybody, even multiple people, a film they have never seen before that they absolutely should have. As you heard up top, Eddie is back. Zach is back. And they are back to watch the third film in what is turning into a five-film series, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Gentlemen, welcome back. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. Now, you guys have obviously been here. On this cinematic journey thus far through the Indiana Jones franchise, you saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. You have now seen Temple of Doom. How are you guys feeling? It's been, I think, a month now since you saw Temple of Doom. A little departure from the first film, a little change up in the mood. How are you guys feeling about those two films? What do you, do you remember anything? And then ultimately, what are you looking forward to with this last crusade? I have some uh, high hopes for this last crusade. Okay. I feel as though uh, it's been touted by some as uh, being possibly one of the better, uh, better flicks in the series. So um, after seeing one and two and enjoying both movies, um, I'm interested to see the third. That's for sure. Zach, how about you? I'm in agreement. I get the sense that you guys like this one. Um, and the other two... We're good, so if it's only getting better, then... Is it only getting better, though? You like the second one better than the first one? I've got to admit, it's getting better all the time. Oh, no. (laughs) Wait, is that a song? Yes. Yes, that was a bad pause. Okay. We were Um, talking about the Beatles earlier, so that's what that's a reference to. I enjoyed both for sort of different reasons. I like movies that aren't necessarily great movies, but they have these parts or these special things about them that you're just like, oh... I remember that. I want to see that again. So, yeah, I'm sure. I, I guess as a whole, the first one was better, but um, yeah, excited, excited to see the third. Wasn't a dramatic dip for you, though, right? Like Temple of Doom, you, it's you liked the first one better, but it wasn't like the Temple of Doom was this basement dwelling crap yeah, fest, yeah, right? They're, they're both like fun adventure movies, and I feel like they they both served it up. Okay. You know, if I was expecting some uh, life-changing, you know, then then I might be a little more disappointed. Okay. Okay. Now, I know we've touched on this previously, but Johnny, what is your uh, experience and thoughts on Last Crusade? Yeah, I believe this is the first one that I saw. Like, I really had to think hard. Probably the first Indiana Jones movie I saw. And then my parents told me about the other ones. And I think, like, the the arc was, like, the last, the last of the three that I saw. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really enjoyable movie. It almost has, for being the third in a series of a franchise, it has no right to be this good. Again, not trying to hype these guys up a lot, but I mean, if you if if people for the most part say that Doom swings in the wrong direction for them, and it comes back like, and you enjoyed the second one, I, there's no way it's going to swing 
the wrong way with this with this iteration. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. It has everything you would want in it. All the action beats are there. If if anything, it's 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 not overdone, but a lot of like tongue in cheek stuff and a lot of if this it's more 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 here. If that makes any sense, like you know, Adam talks about like the puzzles from the first ones that he misses. There's a lot of puzzles in this one. You know what I mean? Not a lot, more than there is in the first one. I think so. Like a more, Dan Brown novel. Not that far. No, not that far. Yeah, they're but not like, doing puzzle boxes. They're not doing cryptograms or whatever. Yeah, they're... but like the like the arc had like this awesome third act chase scene that everyone loves and talks about. This one, I can count like maybe three in my hand that are like really good in this movie alone. So again, it spends no time getting to what fans want and love about the series, but also give them like some newer surprises and parts of Indy's life that you never thought we would go. And check out, but we do, which is really cool. So, I don't know, Bridget. Yeah, I, I feel very much the same. I was, you know, reviewing, like, doing some research in prep, and I was reminded of some of the things that happen in this movie, and I'm just excited to share them. They're delightful. Delightful. So, you just made me think of something. I really enjoyed the fast-paced nature of number one. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe we didn't have such a good pace in number two. Uneven. Uh, yeah, it's a little uneven. Yeah, and it, it's um, subjective what what pace is good. But the I really like the quick pace of number one. It was like it, it had you in this sort of frantic, excited trip. Yeah, I mean, you got the John Williams score that's almost never stopping for like any moment whatsoever. Um, where Temple of Doom kind of really slows down, even in like the, in like John Williams like score, like his motif like slows down a lot and gets sinister. And we're in like like I think you guys mentioned before, like we see the sun at the beginning of the movie and we don't see it till like the end of the movie. Mm. So here we globe trot a little bit in the second one. I think we get back to that sort of bouncing around the world nature mm-hmm. in this one a lot more. Um, Cross-fading with a map and a plane. I was gonna say, you're gonna see that map. You're gonna see that map a few times. Yeah, you can see that. uh, It looks like Bugs Bunny traveling, like just (laughs) going through the map, selling off Florida. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I think you guys are really gonna like this because from the discussions that we've had, both pre and post those other two films, the stuff you guys were looking forward to and the stuff you guys came out enjoying. I think it takes all of those things and throws them into one movie. Right. So I think this is going to be something that you guys are really going to enjoy. I'm like, Johnny, this was the first one that I saw. I think I mentioned it before. I remember watching this in middle school for some reason, like in the auditorium, almost like a rainy snow day kind of vibe to it. I don't remember why it makes no actual scholastic (laughs) sense as to why they would show us this. Uh, But it was the first time I ever saw one of these and didn't go back. Watch the other ones until later, but it, this has everything that I want in it. I love all the the characterizations here. I love the actual plot and the mystery. Uh, the dynamic between who Indy interacts with in this movie uh, is great. I know uh, Eddie's going to be excited because he loves a particular actor that's in this one. We won't spoil that for Zach, uh, but Eddie is aware of it. He did talk to us off off mic last time uh, and confirm that yes, this actor is in it, and you will enjoy. His or her work. Wow, right. the record. Yeah. Now, is this, uh, I, don't, I don't know if we should, how deep we should delve into it. Is it a cameo appearance or is he like a, a part of this plot? 
I don't want to say either way. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't, don't want to confirm. Okay, Bridget was pretty excited to say something about right. it. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. But you you won't be disappointed. Yeah, you won't I don't be disappointed. think. All right. Go so it, it'll be it'll be good stuff. Um, but I want to find out a little bit more before we get to watching this. What are you, I know we've kind of hinted at what to expect for you guys, but what are your expectations? What do you really want to see here? And just maybe remind some of the listeners what some of the other elements were that you really enjoyed about those other two that you hope are here and in larger quantities. I'm chomping at the bit for this one. Go for it. Um, you I sound like, so understated. I don't like, <laughs> I'm chomping at the yeah. bit for this one. I don't like watermelon. <laughs> I don't like cantaloupe or honeydew melon. You know why? Because those fruits are just sweet and there's no tart. I need some type of sour. I need some type of tart. And in movies, that nice tart sourness to balance it out is scary. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Intense. Something intense, something scary is that little bit of tart or sour that I need in the movie. So, I'm looking for something intense, a little bit scary, like, whoa, you know? I you want, want to, different flavors. Can I have a map yeah. with an airplane to get to that <laughs> yeah, where you I'm were going? Yeah, I'm going cantaloupe to honeydew. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked it. I, 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 yeah, I don't know how to follow part. up that analogy. Um, I was, we should have let you go first. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, Dude, my mind was racing. I was trying to think of, like, when was he eating fruit? Like, what's he <laughs> calling back to? Is the monkey eating <laughs> fruit? The, the, the I'm pretty dates, sure it was yeah. dates, not watermelon. Well, I thought maybe he was here with us last week watching Mango uh, Passion Fruit in, oh, in, in uh, Dr. No. Oh, Dr. No. Yeah, yeah. I thought maybe he was talking yeah. about that. There's probably a little bit of tart there. <laughs> there was a little, there was bit, of a little bit of tart. There was a tart. There was... It was tart, and there were tarts. Ridiculous. Oh, God. Right. Nice. Yeah, so I guess I'm expect based on just on this <laughs> Has he spoken for you? <laughs> right, yeah. I guess what, what I'm hearing is, is we're kind of returning back to one a little bit, and maybe even turning up the dials a little bit. We're cranking that up to 11. We're hitting the gain. And um, so that's sort of what I'm expecting here. Maybe... Um, Again, I guess number two wasn't maybe as well critically acclaimed as the other one. So maybe they they you know went back to the roots of one. Said, "What do people like?" And let's let's throw that you know into the blender and let's go with it. So um, I guess that's what I'm I'm looking forward to. And one thing to keep in mind too, I know we talked about it in the Temple of Doom episode, but that is technically a prequel. So remember, right. in the grand scheme of things, that takes place before. Raiders. So this one is more of a true sequel to Raiders, Raiders. which is why I think what you're expecting of that, taking the elements of Raiders and ratcheting them up, is going to serve you well, I think, in your enjoyment of this this film. Right. So, Zach, you're looking for, you said action, horror? I'm still reeling from the... Tartness. Yeah, Yeah. something a little bit of sour. It's got to be a little bit scary. It's got to make me say, whoa, that's intense. Like, holy crap. So. Hey, he, the no. blood splattering from that from that propeller, that, that'll give me a little little taste. Yeah. Get my taste buds firing. There might be a corpse or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More great corpse work. More great corpse work on this one, I think you'll enjoy. Are we pro corpse? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm fine with corpse. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I also think, too, like I had mentioned, I think, in either the last podcast or one before that, we did sort of swing into more of a fantastical corner of the world with the last one. And this one we're getting more back to. And I know Adam said something to the effect of there's nothing really scholastic about it. I would say there is some sort of, like, rooted history that you'll recognize more with this one than you will, say, the Temple of Doom, where you're sort of just, like, given this whole new backstory and none of it really ever really happened. Here, there's a 
chunk of it for sure that lives in history. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like oh. a, a la the first one with the, yes. the arc itself being yes. obviously a historical artifact. You're not going to be asking in the post-show, wait, is that a real fable from that country Gosh, or anything yeah. like yes. that? You will understand what it is that is the MacGuffin. Is yeah, the you'll thing understand there. the weight of what they're yeah. like going after or whatever. No, I'm trying to remember it. I'm not going to – we're not going to give it away though. I don't remember the way in which it's introduced because like we talked about this with the – Comparing the first two is in Ark of the Covenant, they give you that very much academic explanation of what things are to set him off on his journey. Whereas Temple of Doom, it's just like they, they're in a village and they kind of explain it and they just send him off and he just kind of goes because of happenstance. This one I feel like is more like the first one where we're going to get a more academic explanation, but I don't really remember specifically. I remember it, how yeah, it sort of happens. And but with a twist. You're yeah. on the right track, Adam. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a more natural progression, and I'll leave it as that. You made me think of something else, and I won't give a crazy analogy this time. <laughs> but I really My heart like can't to take do, it. <laughs> I really do like when things are based somewhat in reality. Yeah, and you talked about that with the Ark yeah. of the Covenant stuff. So that that's a I, I could also look forward to that. Learning a little bit about the world, you know, history. Yeah, melons. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Tartness. Yeah. No sweet fruits. It's all dates for you. <laughs> Bad dates. Bad dates. Do you guys want to throw any kind of wild speculation about anything you expect to see or want to see outside of just the generic, like, some kind of crazy prediction that you want to throw out there? I mean, again, I don't want to get into it. I think you know what I want to see. So I'm hoping to get some of that, and uh, we'll just Ooh. leave it at that. Okay. Hot sex scene? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish we could put the faces on the sound waves. Those faces were great. I think our, I think our faces <laughs> I, I spelled out I got, in I got the waveform. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something that you actually want to see, or is that just the... Well, you asked for wild predictions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Well, are you going to be bummed if that's not in it, is my, is my question. It's my follow-up. No, I won't be bummed, but like, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't that's turn that, away. Okay. <laughs> you won't turn away like me in the snake pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you expecting any snakes at all in this one? Eddie? I'm assuming we're going to see. I, I'm not. I, I don't think we're going to see another scene like we did in the first. Okay. But I do anticipate there will be something. Yes. Okay. But I don't think it's going to be as um, grotesque. As forward. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, you got snakes in the first one. We got bugs in the second one. Zach, what's your fear that we can maybe incorporate into this third one? Oh, what would you really hate to see on screen that would make you turn away? Rotten produce. <laughs> <laughs> the rotten produce would be yeah. pretty bad. Moves a cave yeah. like wall. Yeah, oh, I just once a bunch of yeah, just a bunch of empty cantaloupes. Just <laughs> that's what he rolls out of the way to get through the door as a giant watermelon. <laughs> End over end, rolling yeah. it out of the big the old wagon wheel. Nightmare. <laughs> So I guess if you don't have a fear, do you have an uh, expectation of what? Maybe crazy? It's not that I don't have... thing, because I'm not going to say there is or there isn't, but if we're sticking to the rhythm of the movies... Bridget can relate when there's a face watching you, and you don't know you're being watched, and then you notice the face. That's scary. Okay. Yeah. So like the eye holes in a painting kind of thing? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> One way to do it. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. All right, well, Johnny and Bridget, anything else that you want to convey to these two or any other tidbits you want to get out there before we pop the tape in? I, I think between Zach and Eddie, they, they covered <laughs> they covered everything yeah. I want to talk about. 
All right. I'm ready to pop the tape in. All right. So, yeah, we are going to – just to prep you guys, we are watching this on VHS again. Um, so, hopefully, tape quality is good. Um, I've watched it already. Okay, good. Yeah. I wanted um, to make sure. Fair enough. All right. Well, then, Zach, Eddie, what do you have to say for yourselves? Fine. Right. We'll watch it. We have just finished watching 1989's Trilogy Capper, Indiana Jones, and The Last Crusade. Eddie, Zach, you guys have joined us now for three full Indiana Jones movies, and I want to know, how are you both feeling? I'm looking at Zach first. Doing all right. Okay. Yeah, um, that one was a lot of fun, as expected. I thought having Dad around was a nice touch. <laughs> it, it added to the... The comedy. I thought Dad could be a little more badass, but that's getting a little um, a little deep for my first impression. Okay, Eddie, how about you? Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm just gonna jump out right out there and say I think that was my favorite of the three. So far. Okay. Okay. okay, all right. Okay. Uh, I'm just you know, putting the cards out on the table, pushing the chips in the middle. I think that was my favorite of the three movies so far. Now, do you think the mystery character we've been teasing in the beginning part is what put it over the top for you? Uh, it certainly helped. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um. I was yeah. excited for you to get to that reveal because neither of you saw his name in the credits. I didn't catch his name in the credits. I did obviously as soon in that opening sequ- more or less opening sequence when he goes home and I see the mailbox and it said Joneses on it. Yeah. It was like, all right, I already see what, like how this is on. So you, that was the moment that you knew. Yeah, and then obviously they go inside the house and you can hear him. He's doing the voiceover, sort of. Yeah. yeah, and so and it's not quite an American accent, but not quite a Scottish one either. Like it's a right, but just, like I said, as soon as he approached the house and the mailbox, for whatever reason, like those pieces just clicked. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I see, I see. Where You're like, okay, is. daddy's home. Oh, Daddy I know home. who daddy is. Okay, right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. Johnny and Bridget, how about you guys? How was this viewing for both of you? A treat, a delight, as always. Yeah, it, it, it is a delight. I I will say, though, for some reason or another, maybe because I just watched it recently or we've watched the other ones, is that there is so much more chases, so much more going on mm-hmm. that I, I did feel kind of fatigued in, like, the third act or whatever a little bit, but I just know where it's going, so it's like it's, I can forgive it for what it's doing, but it at one point or another, I wasn't too sure if you guys were feeling that. Like, it was one too many chases, one too many vehicle jumps going from the air to land to sea. To, to sea, yeah. To, to, Camel. To space. To horse. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, it's it's excellent. Like, it's 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 a great chapter in the in the series. 
Nice. How about you, Adam? Oh, I love it. It's my, oh, that's it, right. It's yeah. my favorite one. There, again, I love all the action stuff. I love the chase sequences. I love that everything ramps up to the point where there's conceivably people dying and your main characters getting shot and it all just leads to a, a great climax and then just the whole like the little banter at the end just to show everybody's okay and boy wasn't this fun it uh it all it all ties together so nicely gee golly yeah uh gee willikers it's it's just it's just neat i just like it it's my definitely my favorite of yeah, the it was uh, the of the series so we'll uh we'll obviously break this whole thing down and i want to start with the beginning because the beginning kind of throws a little curveball into things where we start with a flashback and the way you guys were kind of talking and bantering during the movie i wasn't sure at what point you figured out what was actually going on because you were both remarking at how the harrison ford lookalike might have been a young indian like you guys were talking what were you guys what was going through your head at the beginning flashback sequence in the the Boy Scouts. Yeah, so immediately when they enter the little cavern or whatever, and you see the gentleman there who looks like Indy, that was my first thought was it was Indy, but it was something was off. It wasn't Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. And then I think, uh, you know, the two Boy Scouts or whatever, uh, they're crawling through it. And um, uh, one of them says to the other, hey, Indy. And so obviously at that point, you know, the jig is off at that point. But yeah, my very first impression from the get go was that was Indy, but wait, it, it's not. So what is this? Yeah, I'm like, did did they have a contract dispute? Did Harrison? <laughs> we were all laughing on the couch. We were yeah. all like, do we even do they even know what the hell's going on right now? Yeah, because I think even when the the big the bugle boy there says Indy, yeah. he's not looking at the other kid. He's just looking at like oh, yeah. the area, uh, uh, and he's I think he's even off screen. Granted, he might be on screen in a widescreen format, but in a full screen, I don't think he's on screen. So it easily could have been one of those things where it could have been the henchman of fake Indy saying. Hey, Indy, like, what's going on? So I wasn't sure. And then you guys were like, he, he kind of looks like Harrison Ford. I get why they got him. And so it was, it, we were all definitely confused. It's like, do they? Oh, no. I, I picked are they up on board? That he was referencing it. Well, at least I thought that he was referencing the, the, his friend next to him. That's what I thought, at least. But so, what? I mean, any thought, like, why? Because it seemed like they particularly casted a person to look like Indy. Was that oh, the yeah, point? Oh, yeah, groomed him like Indy. Yeah, like. Um, I think it's just. You know, because so much of Indiana Jones, the is just iconography in a lot of ways. The hat, the whip, right. the jacket. You know, I think you can put that on a lot of people, and you go, "Ah, that's Indiana Jones." I guess he kind of. I don't know. I don't see it. He, his hair is too floppy. Not a strong enough jawline. Mm. Personally, <laughs> scar. How about the scar? He did. Are you have talking a... about River Phoenix, or are you talking about the guy? No, the guy kind of had like a he had like jawbone a scar yeah. or something oh, like okay. that. He's looking more Alan Quartermain than Indiana Jones. Yeah. It's not the lightning bolt scar on the forehead. No. No, I mean, I, I personally kind of see it, like, as, like, every kid who's, who's watched the series so far looks up to Harrison Ford, or, like, someone who looks like that or represents yeah. that adventure. Mm-hmm. And to see, like, River Phoenix or, excuse me, like, young Indiana Jones feel the same way and getting to the same thing about it. That's how I kind of see that. At least as an adult, I've noticed as a kid, I was like, it was just over my head. I was like, young Andy. Yeah. But now that I look at it from like, if I stand back a little bit, it's, it's, it, to me, it feels like they were trying to show some sort of like inspirational, uh, you know, dad figure. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's. Yeah, I think that, no, that's a good point mm-hmm. given what comes in the movie of, you know, uh. I have this distant father figure who's uninterested, who like makes me count to 10 in Greek. 20. It's, 20, dick. Um, <laughs> and so 
I'm going to mold myself in the image of this person who I find much more admirable, much more interesting. Who I can look up to or whatever, yeah, yeah in, in a very small window, but and yes. Who Jack works for a dick. Mm. Yep. But <laughs> I'm going to hold on to, you know, my principles of I'm going to put stuff in museums. Right. You know, for yeah. honorariums. Because they show his dad. students. <laughs> Completely. Because they show his dad to be more of the academic side of things, yeah. obviously, throughout this. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense that he kind of latches on to the action-adventure side of the archaeology. And it as it plays out, that guy like putting the hat on him at the end and being like, just because you lost doesn't mean you have to like it. Like You can just keep fighting and keep doing this and do the whole thing and be me, essentially. And you can tell he's kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm now molding my entire personality after you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but did you guys enjoy that first chase sequence i know johnny mentioned we do have a lot of chases here did you guys enjoy that first chase sequence through the lions tigers and reptiles oh that was a lot of fun (laughs) it just happened to be the train that mrs jumbo is on (laughs) it's it's a a dumbo's mom dumbo reference yeah oh they said mrs jumbo's mom yeah that's what i heard no mrs jumbo is dumbo's mom oh Oh, okay and she's on the circus train when yeah yeah so, I followed you. I got you. Thank you. So, <laughs> this time. Just going through with all those animals, that that was so much fun. Thank goodness it was a train with a bunch of animals. If it was just a freight train, you know, with a bunch of coal or something, that wouldn't have been as exciting. True. I mean, right. true. This they definitely, you know, threw a different kind of thing in there because we've all seen train, you know, fighting atop a train type chases in plenty of other movies, but there aren't a ton that take place on circus cars, at least yeah. I don't think. Yeah, and that snake that comes out of the water. Right? I've had a nightmare just like that. <laughs> this scary snake face coming right out of the water. Eddie's going to have one of those tonight. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. How are you feeling about the House of Reptiles? Yeah, I mean, not the greatest thing in the world. It was not nearly <laughs> to the level of the... Uh, the catacomb one. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So it wasn't nearly at that level. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Less gravity. All the snakes were below, where you could kind of see them and not falling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the gravity thing. He yeah. did fall into them, <laughs> Yeah, he fell pretty hard into them and was pretty covered. And he kept having to pull them out of his costume at various points. Yeah. yeah. His you boy's know, got like a uniform, Like I said, it wasn't yeah. pleasant, but I don't think it approached the level of the uh, the original flight or the first movie. But we got it out of the way early. True. Yeah. True. And it is funny, too, because I think that's the moment where he becomes afraid. Like, that's the scarring yeah, moment. Course. Because earlier, the other right. kid is afraid of the one snake. He's like, whatever, it's just a snake, you dumb idiot. Yeah. Like, who, why are you even scared about it? And then he's completely encased in snakes and has an asp right in his face. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, can I have to rewind a little bit because the, uh, the henchman of fake Indy, mm-hmm. who was Rick flaring, that was great. <laughs> They were just screaming woo and cheering a lot. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah that woo. guy. Eddie, like, woo! Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't understand what you meant by Rick Flaring, but yes. No, again, I followed that reference. All right. All right. Adam's yeah. on I'll, point. I'll, yeah. Okay, yeah. We're on the same wavelength in the post show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for more fruit references over here. <laughs> yeah, the henchmen's were a little wacky. Yes. A little too over the top. Yeah. But I love the pace. I should have included that in my opening. Because that's what I was saying I liked about the first one more than the second one. And it was pretty cool because it was like, this is wild and fun. And then let's move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's, I think it's a lot easier to do, too, when you have multiple locations. Whereas Temple of Doom, you're only outside of the temple for yeah, what, 45 minutes, chamber. you know. And then a good chunk of the movie is entirely within this underground facility. So pacing can grind to a halt. Whereas here, you have to go like beat, beat, beat as yeah. you're moving throughout the world on your map. 
It's almost entirely during the day, too. There's only, like, one night sequence, really, that I can think of, yeah. where he sort of just scales the, the castle. And, beyond and, that, and the book burning, yeah, in Berlin. Oh, the, the quick burning. But still, only, that's only two, and he's only there for not even five yeah. minutes. Yeah. It's like the brightest movie in the entry, mm-hmm. visually. Yeah. Well, they, I, that's probably a course correction from the previous one. Um, right. It was dark very, the entire time. Yeah, very dark. And dark in tone, too. Which I did want to point out, I meant to do it in the pre-show. Uh, listener Josh did point out that I don't think we discussed it, that the last movie was so dark uh, because George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were both going through divorces at the time. So their whole psyche was a little bit more Blank. down in the dumps and dark. And the film reflects that. Right. So thank you to Josh the for pointing that out to us. Yeah. yeah. Um, Thank you, listener Josh. Having, yes. having hearts ripped out, literally. And <laughs> literally, yeah. 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 So the metaphors were laid on really thick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is definitely a course correction in brightening it up, adding, I think, a bit more comedy than some of the other movies had. And so this kind of, again, brings all of those elements from the other ones and kind of turns them up to 11. Yeah. So moving at a good pace from beat to beat, we then go back to school and get something that you guys pointed out when you were watching it. Uh, seemed very reminiscent of the first movie. Did you guys enjoy going back to the classroom a little bit or was it a little bit too repetitive for you? Yeah, it seemed almost... Deja vu. Yeah, deja vu. It was like shot for shot, dialogue for dialogue. It was the, it was almost right on script. The only thing I, I was kind of hoping for more uh, eyeliner or something. Yeah, I was yeah. hoping for more wooing women. Over yeah. I don't know why I'm rooting for that, but I wanted to see it. I thought I was going to get a good kick out of that. But um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it seemed like it was a, a spitting image of the, of the first flick. I don't mind it as long as we keep up the pace. Right, I so mean, yeah, they the spend like 20 seconds <laughs> on the scene. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and he escapes through the window because office hours, he just cannot be bothered with it. No. The score drives this film, like, more yes. than any of the other ones. Yes. It's relentless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, in a good way, I, I don't know if I came off like it was like a bad thing, but it's almost near constant. Yes, it's constantly, it, yeah, coming down on you. Yeah, so I think at some points later on, it kind of gives away what's about to happen in the fact that, like, it changes or becomes more ominous when you think that... Yeah, it goes from major to minor or yeah. whatever, and it's, like, happy to... Or introduces oh, a mandolin, so you know where you are. Oh, right, the <laughs> mandolin. Yeah. yeah, when they were in Venice. And those boats are gorgeous. Oh, the goats. Yeah, the goats. The boats. <laughs> there are goats in this there movie are that are later goats. on. That's right. true. They're just okay. They're gorgeous they're as okay, well. Though. Yeah, they're... <laughs> the goats are okay. Yeah. So when he escapes and is essentially kidnapped, we get our reveal of the story and what it is that we're going to be going after. And it turns out it is not only Indiana Jones' father, but the Holy Grail. We talked, I think, after Raiders about how the academic approach was something you guys really enjoyed versus the he crash lands in a place that just so happens to need the help of an archaeologist. How did you guys feel about this reveal of what the the big archaeological expedition is going to be about? Again, very, very similar reminiscent of the first movie uh, on, that, on those notes. Uh, but I enjoyed this reveal more so than uh, Temple of Doom. I, I did like this this approach to introducing the plot and how this is going to be moving forward. I like this approach better. Well, you can't compete with that crash landing from the Temple of Doom. Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. true. <laughs> true. <laughs> Flying out in a boat. But. Yeah. I, similar to the first, like you said. So you enjoyed the Sorry. reveal? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm kind. Okay. I'm kind of uh, tainted by anything that's not that crash landing. Okay. From Temple of Doom. Set so the expectations a little too high for you. 
Yeah, and it's kind of a different thing. Like, uh, if you're comparing apples to apples, I guess it would be speaking to that shaman from that village. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not exactly the falling out of the airplane. And did you know, like early on, with the cross and the in the uh, the prologue that we were going to be dealing with religion again of sorts? I guess a cross gives it away. Well, well I mean, it's a piece of treasure. They talk of like the cross at Coronado or something. Oh, yeah. Like that. yeah. He's talking about oh, the prologue. The, the, the initial, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't pick up on that. Okay. No. I thought you meant when he goes into the, uh, I forget, the, the guy's room and he shows him oh. the, uh, the mm. relic. With no, then, yeah, it's really it's really hammering home that we're dealing with something. Yeah. Uh, no, but I didn't pick that up in the beginning that they're picking up the gotcha. cross. I just thought that was, you know, random prop relic number 12 that they grabbed. <laughs> What did you guys think about the actual <laughs> the actual item being the Holy Grail? I know we talked about with the Ark of the Covenant, all the historical significance of that. And Zach, that was something that you, I think, touched on a lot in the Raiders episode. What did you think about the use of the Holy Grail in this instance? Both the information we get about the historical aspects of it, but also just using another really iconic piece of religious iconography. I think again, I would have the the same questions about like, do do you really want to, you know, touch something that's you know it could be perceived as blasphemous. However, I think the handling of it was more tactful for sure. They didn't have these ridiculous special effects coming out of it. Right. So I, I thought I felt the same way as you did that they um they did a, a more tactful job. That's a good way to put it to to touch upon it. You know how how they were going about this sort of re- religious relic sort of thing, but once again, I had the same. Fe- I don't know why, but I had the same feeling that we weren't really. I wasn't. I was. I was never really concerned with the Grail itself or them touching upon it. Like you know, in the Ark, I always felt like uh, I, it was. It was more about the pursuit of the relic than it was the relic itself, and I felt the same way in this movie. I didn't really care so much of what the Grail looked like or you know, how they were going to handle unveiling the grail. It was more about the pursuit of the grail. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even with this one, it wasn't really even about it until like the really the end. Exactly. You know, it was more of a rescue mission. Indiana just could give two shits about this cup. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then it was later on where he just feels bad for his father and like his life pursuit. And it's like, we're pretty much there. May as well go check it out. Yeah. Sort of situation. Or, and also not have that thing fall into oh, the hands yeah, of the Nazis. Like, well, yeah. yeah, that 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 part of it too. But yeah, because yeah, a lot of these movies, even with the stones, I don't think it's ever about the stones and the exactly. the glory and all the other stuff. It was always about the adventure. Getting well, getting the kids back to the to well, these, yeah. these mm-hmm. weeping mothers at the village. But <laughs> but yeah, it always seemed like the pursuit of the relic or whatever was always second to other things that were going on in the movie. Yeah, I feel like the order of importance for Indy is like Dad, Diary, Grail. <laughs> or Marcus, Grail. <laughs> yeah, Marcus. Marcus, yeah. yeah. They, they are very concerned about the whereabouts of Marcus. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. need to be. The man yeah. got lost in his own museum. Yeah. <laughs> it's like taking poor, care of a child. Yeah, poor Marcus gets such a downgrade in this movie. Like, in Raiders, he's seems confident. It's a fairly comfortable right. He's almost the comic relief. Like, you know, yeah. the butt of all the jokes, kind of. Yeah. And he gets stupider... Each country they move him to. Right. He's in America. He's jet-lagged. Then he's in Venice. He's getting knocked out. (laughs) Then he's in, um, what is the, they call it, Hattay? Yeah. Oh, that, oh, yes. Yeah, Yeah. is there, like, the kingdom of Hattay, and he's fully lost it. Wandering yeah. the streets, but I guess we'll get there. Yeah. He knows every person from here to the Sudan. I love that whole <laughs> no. It's so good. That's, yeah. He knows every language. Yep. He did get whacked in the head. 
Yeah, so that's probably why. Right. Nick, probably right. Yeah, because in America he's fine, but when they get to that church, he gets clonked on the back of the head real good, gets yeah. knocked out, and that. Yeah, there's this concussion, and that's why he's a loopy goofball. Yeah, he's the a next goofball. Minutes. For the rest yeah, of exactly. Well, see, I brought up to Bridget mid through that, like between him getting hit in the head at the 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 church library, and then he's just back. There's no. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, well, yeah, like that, he's dragged they away. They never show head. how he comes back into the picture. I think he just wakes up and he's like, "Oh dear." And it's like one of the first times I've really noticed it too. And I'm like, "Where? I didn't exactly Marcus come back?" Yeah. I mean, I assume there's a scene where he's rescued from these guys. You know what I mean? And they're captured. He probably wakes up, sees Indy and Elsa come out of the sewer grate, and then goes, "Oh my!" and watches them run off like from a window. I guess. better go back to the. Home I thought they, they, w- the they would have just taken him, and he's got the book and everything, and he's just tied up somewhere. Yeah. But it's not—they're not dealing with the Nazis at that point. Yeah, they're dealing yeah. With the, deal with the, yeah. So they just knocked him out Zappa. and dragged him between the, the fiction Zappa. and non-fiction. <laughs> yeah, they're dealing with Zappa. Zappa, yeah. Italian Zappa. <laughs> and there was a there was a uh, like a, a moment where they were like, "Oh, okay, you're not looking after the Grail for evil purposes. We'll give you your friend back. We just knocked him out. Here's the Dewey Decimal System of yeah. where he is." It just—I mean—that was never like said or shown, and it was just weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Between science fiction yeah. and romance, yeah. yeah. Even though you killed, like, four or five of us. Well, it was a misunderstanding. Yeah, it was a misunderstanding. Yeah. Yeah. And that propeller scene was sick. We're kind of getting a little far into it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything we need to talk about before, I guess... All right, so well, Indy gets the Indy gets the package when he's back at the um, in his office. When he's back in his office, he doesn't open it until they find out that uh, his dad has been taken, which he learns about when he meets uh, Walter Donovan who is a collector of antiquities, and they find marker number one of the piece of information that they need to then utilize maps that they might have to get to the Holy Grail, because no one really knows where this is. It's been lost to history because it's been passed down. We get the whole backstory of the three brothers. So we get all that backstory. Then they fly off to Italy because that was the last known uh, whereabouts of... Henry Jones Sr. and the Knight's Tomb. And that's where we meet uh, Dr. Elsa Schneider, who is Indy's love interest for this uh, movie, at least for parts of it. Time being, yeah. Yeah. And so they go to this old converted church, which is now a library. And contrary to his statement to his students, we find that X, in fact, does mark the spot. Multiple times. Yeah, Yeah, several times in this. And this is really our first puzzle. Of the evening where he, you know, they're looking at the book, they're trying to piece together what things mean, and then ultimately we get the, you know, Marcus getting hit on the head, dragged away into fiction or nonfiction, and then they go into the the catacombs. What did you guys think of the catacomb scene before finally emerging out of the uh, the sewer grates? We have a lot of corpse action here, which I know you guys yeah. are big fans of. We get the rats, rats instead of. Uh, Snakes. Can we talk about the church before we go down there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the church is gorgeous. Before we go down there. Yeah. And um, that spiral staircase. So mm-hmm. this is the t- this is the type of stuff I'm looking for. This gorgeous architecture and, and nice little touches. Gorgeous spiral staircase. Love it. And then we break the floor and we go underneath. Yeah. Did you guys enjoy the floor breaking with the guy stamping? That was, I was funny. Well, yeah, I was about to touch upon that. Yes, I like the comedic <laughs> aspect of that whole thing. What I didn't really care for too much of was the actual 
puzzle itself, quote yeah. unquote. Yeah. How like he looks at like the stained glass window. He's like, "There's a three there." Then he points at like a pillar. It's a three there. It's like, well, he does have a bit arbitrary. So he has so the piece. Arbitrary. He has the piece of paper from his father yeah, no, that I, talks I about got it. But it was yeah. just, it was a weak connection. Is, yeah. I guess what I'm getting at. Yeah. It was just sort of like, oh, okay, we'll we'll put these two clues next to each yeah. other. And... Yeah, it's very Dan Brown Jr. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they insinuate that like his father has been like. Yeah, he's been, he's been working his like whole life while. to figure out this puzzle, and it's like, really? Three yeah. numbers? Yeah. <laughs> There's three numbers. And and he can't see the And even, like, Mark is going to the second level. Like, yeah. come on here. I mean, ultimately, I think it was just a setup to get to the X marks the spot yes. joke. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I, I get it. Um, and I did, like, the comedic relief with the, the librarian and the, Stamping. and the stamping. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was good. There's a lot of comedic relief in this. Yes. A lot mm-hmm. of good comedic relief. Yeah. But yeah, then we get to the rats. We get to the rats, which I prefer over other, over other uh, snakes or bugs. Yeah. Other sneaky crawlies. Other sneaky crawlies. I don't mind the rats whatsoever. I'll deal with the rat all day. Yeah. When he uses his shoulder to bust through the stone wall, mm-hmm. that's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a 700 year old wall. So yeah. Shoulder right. tackle does We're it. Pretty weak. Yeah. Would you the knight's tomb right at that point? Yeah. yeah. Did you guys enjoy the corpse work here? You had a lot of skulls in the wall, a couple of coffins. Sure, they didn't have much to them. They were more skeletons than corpses. But um, the handling of the knight, I thought it was pretty clever that he had to flip over that coffin and they had to breathe underneath it to mm-hmm. survive the fire. But I'm like, what about that poor knight and his beautiful shield and all that just got dumped? Yep. I mean, and set on fire. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I guess it had to happen. They had I mean, he got the information. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. He, he retrieved the intel. Yeah. But this this beautiful knight's tomb is... Decimated. Gone. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a fun shift from, we found him, the shield, oh my god, to as soon as they realize they hear the fire, he's like, fuck it. Dump. And like, just dumps it. <laughs> yeah. Like, no time yeah. wasted. All care for the, the the world that came before him goes yeah. immediately out the window. Mm-hmm. Well, it's yeah. survival, right? Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. exactly. I do love the line when they flip the boat over and he looks at Elsa and he's like, don't go anywhere. Oh, yeah. Don't wander <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. Don't wander off. I mean, she does a lot of wandering off later. So I guess it was a good, yeah. it was a good thing to uh, to bring it up. So they escape the catacombs. We yep. then get the very, very sexy boat chase. Yes. Love and the boat chase. How, how are you feeling about those boats? Oh, it was great. So much lacquer. So much lacquer. <laughs> a lot of teak. Love it. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a great little chase scene there. Uh, you know, them going in between the two, you know, larger barges for lack yeah. of a better term. Then we got another propeller scene coming up, and we mm-hmm. thought someone was going to get sucked into it. Spoiler: alert, no one does get sucked into it. Well, that boat eats it pretty hard. The boat eats, yeah. The boat gets sucked into it, which was a, a shame. I love that fight. Like all of the punches they're trading. Oh and yeah, just, the, the boat slowly but surely is getting shaved down yeah. like a wedge of cheese. Right. <laughs> so the propeller, it's that's really cool. The scene is really cool, but I don't think the propeller would be halfway. It's like a sh- it's like a water. shipping yard. I, I it's not right, outside but... of reality where it might be above the point where it should be, but I can see what you're saying. It is bothersome if you yeah, a propeller should be underwater. You're right. Yeah, between the lines there. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a boat. There's a propeller. It's an excuse yeah. to like play out. <laughs> yeah, and he's a resident boat expert. What's your ruling here? Uh, it was capitating a little bit. You know, uh, they might need to drop the motor down a hole or two. Okay, yeah. Yeah. there you go. Have you worked with propellers that size? That size? That that was, that was a rather large propeller. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a that's commercial. commercial <laughs> yeah. <size. laughs> industrial. That's industrial grade. 
What do you think about those cats that were fighting and like the whole the whole story behind those guys? You mean like the the, the Grail Guardians? Yeah, the like would you guys do you guys think the they were just like Zappa? they had so, a motiva- motivation or? Well, what I thought I thought um, I thought we were going to see more of them throughout the movie. I guess they did sort of play a, a, a role throughout the. They the popped movie, in a couple, but of I times. thought they were going to be popping in a, a little bit more than they would. Um, I think we touched about this uh, sort of before um, before we start up the movie. Adam was mentioning about uh, you know the historical touches and everything. Yeah. I feel like that is part of the the fable of the Grail is that there are this uh, those are the Knights Templar, right? The Knights Templar, I believe, are the I don't know, I forgot if they're the guardians of the, the Ark of the Covenant, the Grail, or what. But I believe there is a historical fact of um, like factions of people, you know, factions of people who like guard these religious, relics. Yeah, yeah, whether or not that's true, I, I yeah. who am I to say? I but, know. I was going to ask him like, who else grew up on? History Channel specials like the secrets of the knights. So exactly. Like, yeah. Like yeah. That's yeah. Sort of yeah. I've, I've stumbled across one of those programs. Right? Yes. And yes, I believe there is, you know, some faction of sure. people who are supposed to be in charge. Of- All right. So after this, we get they're back at the hotel. Brody is miraculously saved from wherever he had been. <laughs> uh, and they're going through some of the clues in the diary. And Indy finds out that their hotel room has been ransacked, both his room and Elsa's room. Elsa was listening to records in the baths. She didn't hear any of it. Yeah, uh, which was which was odd, which I, I was going to comment on at the time. Did you did you read into anything that she didn't, didn't notice a ransacking? Anything, but I just thought it was sort of um oh, what's the wording for that where they sort of just glance over a part glaze of the plot and yeah, they sort of glaze over it like yeah, whatever. Like don't glaze. don't read between the lines here. Who yeah. Cares? But uh, yeah, but obviously the her hotel room sat ransacked and she's sitting there in the bath just like, you know, enjoying life like what you didn't hear what the hell's going on here, but I didn't think deep enough about it at that point. That bathroom's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, this was where you saw the little windows you yeah. liked so much. And the tub was nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's I, I could imagine that she would just ignore uh, ransacking. You, you wouldn't hear like a group of thugs outside tossing <laughs> She's in around the furniture. Spa, man. Yeah. Okay. In, I guess I've never been that Italian. developed in the bathtub. Yeah. It's, it's Italy, man. It's just True. it's part of Venice. It's right. part of its charm. Yeah. I suppose uh, if you're insinuating insinuating that she let that happen, like I never really picked up on that either. Yeah. Oh. Well, or that she participated. Like, like, the, like she let the yeah. ransack happen because she knew. Well, looking back on it, like yeah. she, she was in on it. She did it. Yeah, she did it. Right, right, right. Because Andy even says later, like, ransacked her own hotel room. Right. I should have known. So they have a little standoff of everything. You know, she finds out that he has the diary, therefore did not trust her. She's a little indignant about that, which Indy then immediately rebukes. And then we get our really only sexual tension hanky-panky moment. Were you guys surprised that they made it to – did you like the sex scene? Do, doing it's the do? Do you feel like you could check off your bingo, Zach? Yeah, yeah. It was cool because it was comic relief and sexy at the same time. Yeah. Um, she says, how dare you kiss me? And then he says, what does he say? Like, get away from me. He's like, I don't like fast I don't like women. Fast women. Oh, no, I don't like fast women. <laughs> yeah. And then immediately kisses her again, and then they, they do the do. Yeah, I mean... Could have been sexier, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, I I was more about the scene for the comic relief sort of thing. That was that was what I took away from that. It's least. very Bondish. Like they never show any of that shit in Bond movies, but right, like, it's and like, it's not that I think that they need it. They they certainly don't. But yeah, it's just another excuse for him to go ah Venice, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Uh, again, for the comic relief, I enjoyed it. Yeah, not so much for the uh, 
which watching this back from watching the Bond movie that the three of us watched last week, this feels very similar to it's, that. It is the most very similar. It's the most Bond. Was it yeah. a Connery Bond movie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we watched Doctor yes. No last week. Okay. Okay. But yeah, this uh, this gave me real real Connery Bond vibes, mm-hmm. right? Which was nice, and I think it, it probably worked well because he was in it. We we finally get introduced as we travel a little bit further. They. They realize that they need to get out of there. Brody goes off with the map and I think the maybe the etchings of the shield that they have, basically sending him off where he needs to go to start the process of making it to the Valley of the Crescent Moon, which is where the Grail is supposed to be. While Indy and Elsa go off to the, I think, Germany-Austria border, yeah, uh, which is where the temple guard or the grail guard told him that his father was being held captive and we get the introduction of sean connery as henry jones senior uh zach you did not know this was coming because you did not know this person was in the movie what did you think of the reveal of daddy indiana i think i said whoa (laughs) and it's like it's like hello he smacks him with a with a with a a fake Chinese vibe. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Thank goodness, though. Yes. He was really distraught about that. Right. <laughs> would you, hey, just real quick, would you guys think about the introduction going into the castle where they switched identities, essentially looking for tapestries oh, and shit like that? I don't know what the... I, it's really bizarre. I didn't really get, like, a, a, a reaction out of you guys, and I'm like, I'm not sure how they took that. Now, didn't scene. we laugh at that? It's really bizarre. I felt like I had missed something again. Like, I, there was a, a scene or a sequence or a dialogue that I had missed. Yeah, they didn't... It was, they, it was a look. Go in here he that, looks oh, at the beret, and she's like, huh? And he looks at it again, and she like kind of adjusts it, like, not my beret. Don't use that for whatever you're planning. And then they show up, and she's wearing his hat, and he's wearing the beret to be... You know, yeah, there McCulloch is there is like a quick throwaway line right when they roll up to the castle, and he's like, "What do you know about this place?" And she says something to the effect of, "Oh, they're like art dealers or something to that effect." Yeah, see, so I, that's I why that. he goes in thinking, like, "Okay, let's pretend like we're looking to buy tapestries." I'm, right. I was wondering why he's going in there with the Scottish or the Irish or whatever accent it was. Yeah. Like, what, what, what's the deal here? The most loony scene for yeah Indiana Jones in the whole series. Yeah. And Elsa's yes. just standing there, like, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's the one looks in tapestries. I don't, I don't know. She's I'm just here. His assistant. Yeah. 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 His lovely assistant. But she looks so lost because she wasn't in on the bit. Like, she was probably like what Eddie was going through, where she's like, did I miss something? What do you just, you want to put on a beret and an accent? We're yeah. just going to storm the <laughs> castle here? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, the reveal for Sean Connery is really good. And I love that he talks about, like, you know, Dad, they come through the door. door. I like, was going to say, that awesome. was a great line, yeah. He added a great comedy element throughout. Like, every perilous situation they're in, he has this look on his face. And then he keeps repeating, what, what is it that he keeps repeating? Oh, this is uh, intolerable. Inti- intolerable. <laughs> intolerable. <laughs> like, you're, you're about to die. Someone's shooting a fucking automatic weapon at you, and you're like, it's intolerable. Like... <laughs> I wouldn't tolerate Like, I'm uncomfortable yeah. here. Yeah. I wouldn't stand for it. Nazis, especially. Yes. Yeah. So, I think he's hilarious. It's it's really cool, the pairing of those two. They, they have good chemistry. They have the best chemistry out of, like, the if you were to pair up the other, like, even, like, Marianne, I think. Like, yeah. Here, it's, like, the best chemistry of the two leads. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is. Yeah. And, and it's funny, but Sean Connery was Bond. I'm like, why is Sean Connery sitting there passively all the time? He's a 75 year old man. Yeah, who's been an academic his whole life. Yeah. He's not. He's not playing. 
James Bond. Yeah. My, right. These are different movies. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but seven... And they're supposed to be showing that he's, like, the like, father. Like, he's yeah. the older, like, he's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and... You know, because you have that balance. There's things that he knows and has the instinct to do that Indy doesn't have. Right, like, like you the, have the seagull scene. The yes. seagull scene. Yes. You have even the, like, you dummy, you brought the diary with you? Why would you bring yeah. it? Oh, yeah, I should have mailed it to the Mox Brothers, Brothers or something like that. <laughs> Again, yeah. the that. excellent comic relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. But at the same time, he's completely out of his element, throwing the vase around more, making more noise. Yeah, I think there's even one point where he's like, going on one of your adventures is very illuminating. Oh, yeah. Something like towards the end, yeah. Yeah, because everything that we know of Indiana Jones has happened in the 20-year period that he says later they haven't been speaking. So, like, he doesn't know about all of his globe trotting. I wouldn't assume, unless there's articles in the local newspaper or, you know, whatever archaeologist magazine that he might subscribe to that's like indiana jones does it again rescues the cross of coronado and returns it to his his museum i get it though zach like sean connery i would say like 90 percent of his roles have been these like badass lead roles where Mm -hmm. he's like either james bond or he's doing shit like even like the 90s with the rock you know what i mean and other things like that where I'm like, um, why didn't you bring on uh, Leslie Nielsen if you just wanted a goofball? Like, yeah. Sean Connery's a badass. I know. You need some guy who's range, and I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's, it's a fun... You, you need someone who can pull off the gravitas of, you know, I'm a learned scholar. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. very passionate about the grail. Because you already have, like, Indiana Jones is the James Bond of the Indiana Jones yes. movies. Yeah. Yeah. I don't expect this is the M. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't expect these impact punches that Indy's socking everyone in the face. I don't expect Sean Connery to like get in there with him and start socking everyone in the face, but like you could do a little more <laughs> You can do a little more to help out, but but he do, but he does, but he's doing it in his own way. I yeah. Guess. yeah, I mean, honestly, they like epitomize it with him like in the sidecar of a motorcycle. Oh, like you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. basically a snapshot of like their efforts going through the movie. Yes. Yeah. And again, he looks so goofy and uncomfortable. He's like moving his briefcase around. Oh yeah, he's like, checking the time. Like he could be anywhere. Like he just yeah. doesn't care. Yeah. And there's a bit of you know because even Indy has that like. There's a bit of haplessness to him in the movies. He stumbles into things by accident and kind of improvises his way out of them. And that's sort of what a senior does as well. It's like, oh, so <laughs> right, right. I found myself in this predicament. Or he's like, or well, um, sometimes I just sit down if I have a trouble thinking. And he, like, finds the staircase that, like, yeah. and he just falls down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, there's a shared, sometimes, lack of awareness of where they are, like... During the River Phoenix sequence, there was a line I wrote down that I forgot to mention, where he comes out of the cave and everyone's gone. <laughs> this great delivery of, everyone's lost but me, and <laughs> you know, runs off screen. Yeah. And that, I think, is a, a family trait. Yeah, it seems to be, yeah. Yeah, so I get, like, it, I think it's just a matter of expectations of the actor versus what the character needed to be in this in this situation. As long as you enjoyed the portrayal, I think that's what matters, even beyond the, the expectation of it, which is, you said you did, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely enjoyed the character. A um, lot of comedy came out of it. I mean, yeah, he's almost in a way, I forget her name's escaping me from Temple of Doom, the character's name. Oh, Willie. Willie, like, where Willie was just useless for, like, most of the movie. They obviously give him a lot more to do, but they it, they put a little bit of that character in his character where it's like, he's just along for the ride. He's mm-hmm. going to contribute something here and there, but they're not going to take away from Indy's spotlight of being the action hero in this. If they had like two action heroes in this, it'd be fucking bizarre. And that's what why I almost don't like 
the next one is because they kind of do a little bit of that. Yeah, you a little bit. Okay. You need that. The next what? The next. You're going to watch it. This. <laughs> Um, we're, you're, we're, you're gonna say fine i'll watch it i guarantee it <laughs> whoa, whoa. i guarantee um so after we meet henry uh we then have indy just completely mowed down a bunch of a bunch of nazis and they they escape out before ultimately being stopped in their tracks by elsa being held captive as a hostage with a gun right to her throat Indy lays down his arms and says, all right, don't kill her. Like, I'm putting my gun down. And she immediately proceeds to steal the diary because, turns out, Henry, who was clamoring, don't trust either of them. They're terrible. She's with them. She's a Nazi. Was right. She's with them. She's a Nazi. Did you guys see this turn coming? Did you see the double cross? And what did you ultimately think of that character now becoming an adversary? I didn't see it coming from afar, but I saw it. In that scene developing. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't surprised when, uh, I forgot exactly what tipped me off. But yeah, I didn't see it coming from afar, but while that was developing, I I could see that she was going to be pulling that, that stunt that she did, so. You can't trust anyone in these movies. Mm -hmm. And I looked over at Eddie and I'm like, I grow weary of betrayal. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) They didn't overdo it in this movie, which is nice. Now that we bring up this other... Well, you get two right back to back, so we can talk about both if you want to, because then we find out that not only is she working with the Nazis, Donovan. but so is Walter Donovan. He is ultimately the 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 ringleader of this search for the Grail, along with the Nazis who want it for all their nefarious purposes. So you get two, but they're right back to back, and they make sense in the story. So that, that was an overkill or anything for you? Yeah, because the other ones are like uh, so spaced out, but consistent. It's just like every new place they go to, there's someone else's a backstabber, and it's uh, it th- that I, was tiresome. Not so much here. So if anything, he gained an ally with those guys that were chasing him early on in Venice. Yep. Like he's gaining yeah. a little bit of uh, some some people on his side. But yeah, even like when Sean Connor when they first get to that scene where it's like, do we know if she's going to flip or not? He's like, go ahead, shoot her, kill her. Like the whole like. I love that whole exchange because he just obviously has his yeah. doubts and he's had, I think, more exposure to her than mm-hmm. Indy at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so after the double cross, uh, the Jones boys are tied up and I guess left for dead. I don't, this is another one of those like... Right. They're not really necessarily in peril at that point in time. They're just tied up. No, they put themselves they, in they peril. They create though. the peril. Well, yeah, yeah, they put themselves in peril. Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean... Again, hapless dad. Yeah. Yes. The yeah. floor's on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the chair. Yeah, yeah, and the chair. That's good stuff, yeah. Oh, when that fireplace spins around. That's one of my favorite sequences right. in the film. That's where you get the, 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 the Betty Hill sketch sort of thing. Yeah. Again. Yep. Yeah. The smile. Rotating. And the, the one yeah. time they rotate and, and Sean Connery's by himself. Yeah. yeah. The faces he makes, that's gold. Like, yeah. he's got it. Yeah, no, I love that scene just for that sort of comedic relief. Like I said, that sort of Benny Hill sketch sort of thing where it's just, uh, you can hear the Looney Tunes music playing in the background, essentially. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's very Scooby-Doo as they get, like, we're trapped in the chair. We're trapped in the fireplace. Spiral staircase out of nowhere, falling, tumbling down. Like, where, like, just, it seems like they're opening doors and different gags are kind of coming out. Exactly. It's like Shaggy. Yeah. My favorite part of that is when they spin into the secret Nazi base 
and the woman who looks like Frau Forbissina from Austin yes. Powers. Oh, yeah, yes. she does. Yes. Just turns, looks, smiles, and screams, screams. I think, allies? or I get- think it's alarm. Like, yeah. alarm. Harrison Ford's smile at her. <laughs> Because he's in such a precarious situation. Yeah, no, yeah, what are you going to do? You're still yeah. tied up. You're... It totally reminds me of uh, Brad Pitt smiling at George Oh, don't. Because these guys have not seen it, so Dom, do not bring it up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, maybe that's for the show. Anyway, hilarious smile. Because it's like, you caught me with my pants down. Mm. Oh, yeah. Super Looney Tunes. That's such a good way to put it. Yes. And also, every time they go into a truck. Any it, vehicle. It's like, they're at the... The vehicle's fucked in, like, but a matter of minutes. they keep tricking them. Like, you, you go into what you think is a building, and then secretly it's a truck and it drives away. That's well, so I like, I like how, like, yeah. like Indiana Jones like, oh, not more boats. And, like, so he, he sets, so one, sets one to go. And then they rifle out of that box in the uh, motorcycle, which is just... Oh, it's a perfect vehicle for the two of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really it's is. It's the best, best vehicle. Yeah, yeah, the sidecar. Yeah. It says so much without saying anything. You know, it's like... <laughs> Like, how are you going? Yeah, so and he's fast? just holding onto his luggage with the umbrella. Exactly, with the umbrella. Yeah, it just conveys a lot. I want to know what's in that briefcase because he was clutching that thing for and dear you, life. You never do see it, do you? No. Like, you never see the contents. No, of no. Yeah. no. The only thing he ever takes out of there is the umbrella, umbrella. which is just again, it's just slid through the handles. Yeah. But good stuff. Yeah, that sequence is great, though. I love the whole like pole vaulting or whatever situation. Jousting, yeah, yeah. Um, he knocks that big boy clean off that motorcycle. Yeah, or I like when he throws it into the spokes. That's, I yeah, always love that. It makes like an explosion. Yeah. Flies out of the air. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another great chase sequence. Yeah, fighting machine guns with logic. Listen, if you're not if you're not quick on the draw with that gun, then yeah. you might as well not even have it. You're gonna get jousted. <laughs> Now, when they literally get to those crossroads, guys, did you guys think they were going to go to Berlin or they were going to go to Venice? They were going to go get the book or were they going to go find Marcus Brody in the the map? I'm trying to remember exactly what those – so what was it? They go to Berlin to get the book or the alternative was to go back to Venice to To get Marcus Brody in the map? To get a flight down to where Marcus is headed because Marcus is headed to – Oh, where he's doing the scouting mission. Yeah, because again, at this point, Marcus has already been sent off to go to the kingdom of Hattay and in the sequence where they're tied up, that's when we get the great – Marcus is two days ahead of you. You're never going to catch him. He speaks 12 languages. He's got an <laughs> that- informant in every country from here to Nepal. Yes. He's, um, he's a ghost. He's going to blend right in. I guess I, I guess uh, for me, I figured out where they were going to go as soon as uh, Harrison Ford says, what do you mean we're going into the wolf's den? It's like, yeah, okay, well. Yeah, we just escaped Nazis thing. and you yeah. want us to go into Berlin? Right. Meeting Hitler is pretty funny. Yeah. yeah, what did you guys think of the Berlin sequence with the book burning and we get another costume change where he just beats up a guy and takes his clothes? I, I like that scene. I like the book burning. I like the... Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I was enjoying that. I, I didn't think, even though, you know, obviously we had the Nazis in film one and we have the Nazis in film two, I didn't think Hitler was going to make an appearance. I, I thought they were going to totally gloss over that. You weren't going to see him. It was just, obviously, you know, he's in the back yeah. of the whole Nazi regime, but yeah. I didn't think he was going to obviously make the appearance that It's he did. so over the top, and I know it's that's how it was, but there's like literally like a frame of this movie where it's like the most Nazi shit ever going on in one frame. There's books being burned, mm-hmm. there's, there's a the thousand banners, yeah. people yeah. Uh, marching, and uh, All the salute, uniforms. and yeah. it's like, 
a snapshot of that. It's like, what are you watching right now? Right. If you, what, if someone had not watched Indiana Jones movie, like they'd be like, you're not watching an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, right. If you freeze frame right <laughs> yeah. here, and that's where I saw like that's where I got this first weird like impression because I feel like there's a scene right there when you first do the unveiling of Hitler. You see Hitler, and what's her name? Elsa is like standing right to yeah. his left yeah. or right. And I was like, what is this supposed to be inferring that this is like the Ava Braun sort of character? Like, what what is this? Like, why is she the right-hand man, if you will? Think, well, because she's the... Because she's got the grail information. Yeah, she's yeah, got she's, the grail information. Yeah. She's got the... She's like public, public relations for the Nazis. Seated, seated right next to him. Yeah. There, there's a line earlier in the film when she says goodbye. The Austrian oh, way. The, the Austrian way, and then we get the goodbye the German way. She's told, huh. like, you've yeah. been requested specifically by to, the like, highest order. by the highest order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's just she's an attractive woman who's working yeah. with them, and Hitler's like, okay, well, if I'm going to have this big rally in Berlin, like, it's I want to roll the babes in. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and she's, you she know. She does have an Aryan look. <laughs> That's, That's probably why they yeah. got her, yeah. Yeah. She's the essentially the academic lead, if not, like, mm-hmm. the top-ranking Nazi officer on the Grail mission. Right. She's PR, like I said, yeah. She, she's PR. She's public relations for the Nazis. There you oh. go. Yeah. Indiana but, Jones then gets Hitler's yeah. autograph. Right. I like I like that whole scene, because obviously they build it up tense, because he's obviously infiltrating the Nazi regime. There he is, face-to-face with Hitler, so obviously a lot can go wrong. And When um, he's holding the diary. And he's holding the diary, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, Did you think anything was going to come of that? Like, he looks th- at it, he clearly flips open a couple of pages, like, there's notes and pictures. And- I love how they handled it. I thought that was great. great. That was great. Because obviously, the, I, I thought this was going to be going another way, right? Now, another fight scene breaks up, and he, yeah. like, I don't know, rips the mustache off Hitler or something. I don't, <laughs> know, what, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking, but I certainly did not think the autograph. No, it's a naked gun show. Oh, it's right. Cool. right. Yeah, oh, it's very good. Yeah, in the naked gun movie, Hitler would have had the full mustache, and he would have grabbed onto just the sides <laughs> and left the middle, <laughs> right. yeah. thus yeah. giving him his iconic right. look. Yeah. <laughs> but it was well acted. Harrison Ford does such a good, awkward, nervous handling does, of, that, yeah. of that moment. Adolf, with his signature, it was... It was such a slow, tedious signature. I'm like, it's going to take you all day yeah. if you're writing your signature like that every time. When they were filming at Spielberg specifically, because they had, like, you know, all these extras doing these, like, Heil salutes. Right. And he made them hold their hands behind their backs and cross their fingers. Like, don't, like, I don't, like, want this right, to right. feel too real. Yeah. Like, that's a little too creepy. Uh, like so it, childish, but. Uh, well, I like how in his mind that undoes it. <laughs> What? Like I love how in his mind, like that's that's the kryptonite <laughs> for the Hollywood oh, yeah, yeah. right. just crossing your fingers behind your back, like yeah. okay. <laughs> it's very Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that Hitler would have expected some sort of. It's like you don't just hand me your autograph book. Like you gotta hail me. You know. Well, the kids were doing it. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a bunch. Like he signs one girl's book. There's a couple of younger people. Who are handing him their autograph books, and he, you know, is clearly just taking them and signing them next to, you know, Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Or it whatever. seemed like Adolf was kind of like surprised that like a, a grown up was handing him mm. the book too. He yeah. was kind of like yeah. <laughs> looked him up and down. Yeah, yeah. Like basically. like you're in uniform. Like what what are you doing? They're like the kids are the ones that are asking for this, and you're you're supposed to be like in line doing something, like burning something. Yeah. Right. Burning something. Burning something. It's pretty funny. You're here to work. Yeah. It's your job. Yeah, like, don't even look at him. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Don't like. Just don't do that. It's not. It's not the time nor the place. <laughs> we'll get you a meeting scheduled later. 
talk to talk to Elsa. She she handles the PR. And then we get to the Zeppelin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which I I love that sequence I so love much. That. It's so good. Because uh, again, we get another costume change where he uh, beats up another guy. Right. Who, I do feel bad for that guy. He's just doing his job on a blimp. Yeah. He, he's not affiliated necessarily with the Nazis. He's just a guy yeah. just trying to. Wasn't that guy SS or something? He's Zeppelin staff. Yeah. He was just he's... the guy wearing the coat. Yeah. He was just. No, he's ZS. He's ZS. I thought he. That's good stuff. I thought he had a red band on his arm. Yeah. Well, the guy that came over to find them did. Yeah. Um, and he gets punched and dumped. Yes. yes. He does get punched and dumped. Okay, so I thought, <laughs> Good old punch and dumped. I thought that's who we're talking about. No, no, no. Because uh, Harrison Ford originally, like, they get on the plane, they get on the Zeppelin, everything's fine, they sit down, he... He says, all right, we've made it. And dad says, like, well, when we're in the air, then I'll share in your celebration. And that's when they see the Nazi and whoever runs the Bloom service come running over. And that's when he's like, all right, crap, I got to come up with a plan. And he goes and he takes the waiter or the concierge or whoever he was. And, like, they Uh, walk off. Yes. And Indy comes back through a different door wearing his uniform, which is entirely too tight. So clearly he beat that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it also in the sequence, which it's not, it's only kind of passed over later. I think he also disables the radio. Yeah, because they mentions that. Yeah, I thought it would take him longer to realize the radio was busted. When he gets so. down on the catwalk or whatever's later on. He's like, they 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 caught on to it a lot sooner. Than yeah, thought. so he does this in that moment as well. But he comes back and he's playing it off as, hey, I'm checking people's tickets. I'm trying to be inconspicuous. And then that's when yeah, he punches that Nazi, throws him out of the plane. And one of my favorite lines of the movie where he just turns and goes, no ticket. Yeah, <laughs> and all the old ladies and all the old. People clamor for their tickets. It's just funny. The no ticket line yeah. is excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you guys think they were going to get out of that one? Because uh, we're on the slowest vehicle of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. The Zeppelin. Uh, I, I, I didn't anticipate. I thought they were going to be doing some sort of parachuting or something. I didn't anticipate there was going to be the plane laying and <laughs> wait for them to just walk in. Back up lane, yeah. yeah. I feel like nothing ever goes well with a Zeppelin. It's we- like they're designed for disaster. I mean, yeah, but they worked for a little bit yeah. before all of that disaster that you know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We also get some father-son bonding. Yep. Right. On the uh, on the blimp, this is where we get the backstory of you've been obsessed with the Grail. Uh, I think it was earlier where you find out that uh, Indy's mom died Not because me. she had a disease that she hid from both of them theoretically. So uh, it is kind of a heartbreaking line when he's like, yeah, she hid her disease from me because she knew how important the grail was and all I could do was mourn her. Like, I couldn't be there to make her feel better. I just had to grieve, which was a little little heartbreaking. But we get the father-son moment of we don't talk. Well, what do you want to talk about? Well, I don't know. It's like, all right, then shut up. Yeah, what are you <laughs> yeah. complaining about? <laughs> I never told you to go to bed. I never told you to brush your teeth. Yeah. I stayed up as late as you wanted. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a good piece of, of bonding moment. And this is where we get I mean, it was hinted at several times and almost basically confirmed. But this time, it's officially confirmed that uh, Dad slept with Elsa, too. <laughs> yes. Was it that point we learned? Yeah, because... We learned it before that. Well, we, there was kind of the discussion, and then it, he's like, what? Like, I'm a, like I'm, I'm the same as the next man. And Andy's like, I was the next man. man. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. But there was a line before where he's talking about yeah, how, well, like, she's, we... like she's ta- she talks in her sleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she talks she in her sleep. sleep. That yeah. was the giveaway. Well, and then... Uh, and then when she's whispering in Indy's ear, like, you were great or whatever. He's like, I thought it was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so the, again, pretty much confirmed, but then this one really just stamps it home right. of... right. Uh, yeah, they fucked. Put his hot, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Listen, he's a man. I don't blame him. Yeah. He's doing what he can. 
And she's a fast woman. Yeah, she's yeah. a fast woman. Yeah, she's doing a good PR job. Got away yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she really is. Public rela- yeah. relations are through the roof. <laughs> Q ratings off the charts. <laughs> um, so they do, as you touched on, they do escape in the plane. Yep. There's a good comedy moment of uh, of dad just completely shooting out the the tail on the on the plane. Yeah. Eleven o'clock. He's like, what happens at eleven o'clock? Takes out his little pocket watch. watch yeah. So good. God, yeah. They got us, son. So, <laughs> they got us. Yeah. I also love the line of, I didn't know you knew how to fly a plane. Fly? Yes. Land? No. Yeah. <laughs> and that landing is miraculously soft. I love the shot of the guy. Like putting the hubcap back on yeah. and the car just drives away. Like yeah. his day is at like like a one times. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like slow. right. Like he just like he just finishes grueling like repair job on the car. And he's like putting the final like hubcap on. Like right. oh, and then just it speeds up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, imagine changing a tire in 1938. Right. It can't be nearly as easy as it is no. now. Yeah, not fun. This is this might be the most Looney Tunes sequence actually. As I think about it more. Because you have the plane going through the tunnel, it's and the it's pilot right. looking at them both as it's flying. As, yeah. as he's coming through. The plane explodes, and the two of them have a collective, like, we made it! And a just a missile drops on them and explodes. Yeah, and I think he says, could it get any closer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't like this scene because how either dumb or suicidal is this pilot? Like you don't. Belong. Oh, it's it's so stupid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... well, he can't know that when they turn around that because he comes banking around the cliff. He doesn't know there's gonna be a tunnel there. He but just it's a thinks cliff. it's. But it's a yeah, but it's a road. So he just thinks he's coming around the side of the cliff and gonna follow. The and he's road. gonna follow the road. He doesn't expect there to be a tunnel Still, necessarily. You don't, you don't, I mean, I'll be in the middle. He's flying recklessly regardless. But, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But he's on a mission, and he knows he's either gonna catch hell from his Nazi pals if he doesn't get them, <laughs> or he's gonna oh, die. Yeah. yeah, or else back at the book burning. <laughs> back at the book burning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, this is kind of where I kind of felt a little fatigued and I was like, we're getting into a lot of vehicles, a lot of chasing. It's all great, but I think just this time around, I'm like, I wonder if these guys are like getting a little tired of all this because it's a lot of chasing, a lot of chases, a lot of vehicles. Well, because by this point, we've had the train, the boat, the motorcycles, then this car, the plane, really, and then the plane bar combo. Car didn't like, last long. It's no. literally the, the sequel to Plane Trains on Automobiles, or the, or the prequel. Yeah. Yeah, it's 1938. Yeah, yeah, it's before, yeah. So this leads me to sort of one issue. Like, we really upped the ante as far as the danger in what they're being pursued with. Mm-hmm. We've got, like, automatic weapons, mm-hmm. tanks. Yeah, we get the tank right after this. Fighter planes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, they wouldn't stand a chance in the air after leaving that Zeppelin in the plane. Like, you got fighter pilots, Nazi fighter pilots chasing you, and and you're like, you're just not equipped to deal with it. Even if they're even it's, if it was one-on-one, but it's two-on-one, and they're fighter pilots, and it's just... It is, at the end of the day, a movie produced by Lucasfilm, which is like, their enemies are stupid as hell. Like, they yeah, don't, yeah. They, they, they can't aim for shit, like, it's just the whole point, they're always gonna get away... Because if you if they hit them and you kill them, there goes the franchise. That's just the way it yeah, is. Like yeah. if you want long longevity, you have idiot villains but that can't put, aim. Yeah, don't put like like military fighter pilots after these guys. Do, do what do you want? Crop duster chasing them? Like do it differently somehow? I don't know. But but because the, the, I it's just hard for me to even that one that one I can't suspend my disbelief that they're gonna get away. 
Well, you got to remember it's 1938 too, so it's not like they've got homing missiles or the you best know training. Yeah, tech that they can look at to like zero it. It's not Top Gun, you know. Yeah. There's what, certainly better than this. Which he this. still hasn't seen. So he wasn't, I, as soon as I said it, I was he's like, not aware he's, of this. Not those professionals yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I get I, what you're saying. I, I get it. It's like, is at this point, like they should at least get like hit and like crash or whatever or something. Yeah. But they just kind of just keep skating by, and that's kind of like the Looney Tunes nature of it. It's like you're kind of constantly sort of getting away with it. The Acme bomb is falling on the wrong people. Like it's just the way it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, it is all building to. A cup that held the blood of Jesus Christ, guarded by a six hundred year old, year old man. Yeah, exactly. That grants eternal life. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you mentioned the tanks. This is where we get the the tank sequence of because they've they've met with the king of uh, I already forgot the name of the city. Uh, Ate. Ate, yeah. Uh, oh, and, oh, in Alexandretta. Yep. Yeah. You guys are good. Well, we've seen it a lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> but the. Uh, they meet with the the king. He gets his Rolls Royce. They get horses, camels, tanks. Like they get military stuff, and so they're going on the trail. They're following the map because they have Brody at this point, uh, and he has a great line of like, "Brody, do you want a drink?" And he's like, "Well, I'd rather spit in your face, but since I don't have any saliva, I guess I'll take the drink." <laughs> Probably the smartest thing he said, like the entire. Yeah. Right. Well, there's a there's another line when he's first in the city and confused. That cutaway, someone's offering him water he says oh no thank you I don't drink water fish have sex in it anyways and it's, it's, today was the first time I heard it oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. he's got a couple good lines so. that cutaway is great because it's right after they say like he speaks 12 languages like he'll blend in you'll never meet him and he's just like does anybody speak English yeah. Hello. Yeah. or ancient Greek yeah, so he runs into who again his name is Sully Salah Salah, Salah. Uh, yeah, Sala. Sala, Sala. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who is But that's the great, too. Movie. He keeps telling him to run, 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 and he just finally just punches that dude through the times oh, or whatever. Through the paper. Yeah. yeah. There, is, there is no museum. In, and that's when he there. gets in the truck that looks like a building. Yeah. And it drives away, and it's like. Well, it looks like the. It looks like from the Ark, the Lost Ark, when they kind of did that in the beginning. Because they do that same sort of hideaway, and it's like, okay, they get it. They got away with that. And this time, they definitely didn't get away with it. But this is the tank. Camel horse Carson chase. chase, yeah. This one goes on for a while, Take too. Take the camel chase? Yeah. 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 I said no camels. Their compensation for my brother-in-law's oh, my brother-in-law's car. car. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good line, too. That was my brother-in-law's guy. Yeah. So this is where I was thinking about the... Um, so, obviously, right, the Guardians of the Grail make their return here. And I think yes. they start plinking away at some of the Nazi soldiers yep. or whatever. But this is where I thought they were going to make a bigger comeback... Uh, specifically towards the end of the chase scene when um, Indy's, you know, sort of fighting the the big boss man or whatever on top of the tank and he gets himself caught in that precarious, some precarious nature. Mm-hmm. I thought there was going to be a scene where that guy who we had met earlier, sort of the main guardian, if you will, was going to like pop out with a gun, a rifle and shoot one of the Nazis. There was going to be sort of like a tip of the cap from Indy, like, thanks yeah. for like helping us out. <laughs> I was, yeah. I thought I, w- I was going to see that. Well, I think at this point he was dead already. Yeah. Because they do show him like he's laying there dying and he even says something to the effect of like the non-righteous will perish or something right. like that. Right. But I, yeah, he could have had another side guy. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't specifically in that crowd a lot. Of it seems like that guy's but... dead before even Indy gets down into like the valley of where they are. He's yeah. sort of like making his way down the hill. They, they don't. No. Well, because they've got like M1 Garands and they're against these automatic rifles. Yeah. So like they're single shot bolt action rifles and they're just getting mowed down by these giant yeah. like 
banana clips from I kind of like how they're like a small group of faction of people and they don't like come with like a thousand people over the hill like mm. with the sun and everything and right. like run down the hill and overwhelm them like a Lord of the Rings type of situation I like that they're like a small fraction like a faction and they're like on me with their last group of people trying their last bit like to yeah. extinguish these people and that may have been like it for them you know what I mean that may yeah. have been the rest of this group of people like they've been fighting for centuries and it's really these last few heads that just didn't make it but I just thought it was going to be sort of like a plot point how like him and no, no, I know what you're saying know, yeah the, you know when they different ends the spectrum to begin the movie and then they see they're both sort of fighting for the same goal so yeah. right yeah. yeah and you kind of get that a little bit when they're in the in the meeting with the sultan or the king where they leave because he gets his he gets his Rolls Royce and they leave and you see that guy from earlier just kind of turn and kind of look at the camera like oh okay they're why is it a Rolls Royce and not a Mercedes Benz they're one step closer fancier I guess yeah but it's not from Germany is his point no but it, it had the eagles on it it does yeah it has it's the very eagles it's on tricked it. out it's tricked out it's Nazi tricked out yeah yeah which I thought was odd that the why would the Nazis have a German or why would the Nazis have a British car but anyway that's obviously a stupid plot point. <laughs> Maybe at that point, well, in they eventually time, take it over, but the Mercedes weren't were what anywhere Produced near in Germany, anywhere, <laughs> anywhere near as nice as a Rolls Royce. Which, yeah, but I don't think the Nazi army would be driving British cars. This is beside the point. I think we're getting away. Yeah. Well, it, it could have been Donovan's car. Yeah, it probably it could have been. It, it was tricked out with Nazi. But it was tricked out with Nazi yeah. ephemera. That's all true. It was, yeah. Did you guys have any favorite moments in this extended? chase sequence with the tank we get uh indy getting dragged on the side of it he puts the banana in the tailpipe if it were blows yep. that yep. off we've got um, <laughs> <laughs> i just love that it's twice it's twice in a row now it's, it's a good some fun serious sentence. peril when he's hanging off the side mm-hmm. and just getting squished against the wall and then it looks like it's going to be trouble for him and then he's lucky that the guy in the tank Get the guy steering the tank gets knocked out somehow. He's shot. The bullet ricochets all around and it pops him uh, right in yep, the forehead. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I always wince when that guy just slamming the shovel on his hands on the metal trying yeah. to get him. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Is he missing? No. Oh, no, he's hitting his he's hand. He's hitting him on the arm more so than the hand. But, like, whenever Indy reaches to leave the, like, the gun turret, he smacks his hand with the yeah, shovel. Yeah, like it gets to the point where he just can't anymore and he's just hanging from, like, his... Shoulder bag. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything Marcus related in this sequence? Lot, is we, my we get a lot of Marcus. Related. We get a lot good, of good yeah. Marcus moments. Yeah. I need to get off of this thing. Yeah. It's like yeah. you <laughs> got it, bud. Yeah. This is intolerable. Yeah, this is. Into- <laughs> we got another. This is intolerable. Yeah, I like it when Brody and Jones Senior are in the tank and they're kind of just oh, just fighting off people with with pens and all sorts of shit down Squirts there. Squirts the ink in his face. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the oh. pen is mightier. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Which I don't think was as good as the I remembered my Charlemagne line. It's still pretty good. The way he sells it of just like he's giggling at the pun he's about to make. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell they have so much history where like they when they first see each other again in the tank for the first like the whole movie they see each other's faces, I think. Uh is great stuff. Yeah, they have their little secret handshake when they finally meet oh, yeah. again. I don't know what they're they saying. They do like a little chicken wing thing. It's like, what is going on with these two? Yeah, they're speaking a different language. I don't know if that's a famous thing that they're doing or not, but it's funny nonetheless. They're buds. Yeah, exactly. Old old pals. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, the tank goes off the rails after they've kind of killed everybody except for the main Nazi commander. What did you think about Indy going over the cliff? I mean, not really going to ask if you thought that he died here right, because yeah. 
I've done this in each of the movies so far, and the answer is always no. Yes. But what did you think was going to be kind of the payoff? And did you ultimately like the all four people looking over the edge and kind of like, oh, it's down there. What are you guys looking at? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I did like the uh, what you're talking about, you know, uh, Sean or his dad looking over the, the cliff and everyone, and he sort of sneaks up from behind him. Um, you get that sort of comic relief of him struggling to like claw his way back up the cliff, and everyone is just you know three feet away, just looking in the other direction. Nobody hears all the bushes rustling. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's able to sneak up on them too and yes. stand and like look too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That guy gets crushed though in the tank. He's like mm-hmm. riding yeah. it all the way down, and then like you see the shot of like the dummy just get oh, right. There's been, like one note. or two frames where you see it. Yeah, two frames and it's gr- glorious. Yeah. I thought <laughs> Z- I thought Zag was gonna say something yeah. about it because it's not I quite corpse, said, but that guy's gonna be one in like I did think <laughs> like a couple seconds. Work yeah, adjacent. Because I like that old dummy stuff. I, I do I, that ragdoll yeah. type of shit. It's yeah. so much more realistic than a choreographed kind of. Yeah, I like that a lot better. Like, just a rag doll. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, they show it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like, it's just... not insinuating that, that he got bent out of shape. Like, you really got rocked. Yeah. The whole top of the tank is off and just crushes. Oh, just his... like, yeah, and he's going with it. Yeah. yeah. Gnarly stuff. Good, good on Andy to stick him in that thing before he went over. Mm-hmm. I always do love the, uh, like, Andy, they're all like, all right, let's go. Like, what are you waiting for? Why are you resting? And Andy's just like, fuck, dude, I just fell off a cliff. Like, give me a fucking second. Yeah, and, the hat, <laughs> and the hat just blows in front of him like, nope, time to go. Yep. Here's your hat back. And you get a nice uh, moment between dad and son. Yeah, right good there. long hug. Yeah. He, I mean, he said, he says, like, I didn't even get to tell him anything. All I needed was five minutes just to tell him and... You know, I didn't. I didn't get it. He wasn't prepared. I don't think we got tears though, which I was. I'm always surprised by. I feel like he would at least show a little bit more emotion. But again, he's very. I think he's just like now, like getting like high and stimulated from like the adventure. Yeah, like, right. this is what my son is like all about. Yeah, like, then you let's go, that, let's go to the next one. You see that sort of spark get ignited. Yeah. When it's like we're so close now. We have mm-hmm. to push on. Yeah, um, we've taken out pretty much all of the adversaries to yeah, this right. point. Yeah, he is like I thought I lost you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you guys think the next sequence was going to play out? Do you guys think we were going to, like, go underground? Like, you guys know we're looking for a cup now. Is it going to be in a cave? Is it Where Where do you guys think we're going to find this thing? Just let the movie take it, take it from the there? Ta- yeah, okay. at that point, I wasn't Agreed. terribly concerned about what the next, uh, the next set change was going to be at that point. The pacing is good enough that I don't have to sit there and ponder. Exactly. Okay, exactly. good to hear. But I, I do like... Ride at that point. <laughs> I, was, I was in Indy Sidecar, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yes. That's good stuff. I do really like the the site that they arrive at. Yeah, I forget yeah. what it's called, but it's uh, it's Petra. been Petra. Petra, that's It's, it's yeah. been in a Gorgeous. couple of movies, I think. Yeah, but most famously in this one for sure. Yeah, but it was a good good choice of location. That's for sure. It's very yeah. much you know Crescent Canyon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we get our first look at someone attempting to enter the grail room essentially like they're they're all in this foyer if you will and the first person goes through and immediately gets beheaded did you guys enjoy the beheading were you expecting a beheading (laughs) i liked how there was already a group of two or three bodies like in front of him as he's walking in like he was not the first nazi soldier to try this like he's the you know the fourth attempt now and also they're beheaded like right duck he was clearly nervous (laughs) I mean, the other, the other, you know, buzzsaw would have got him anyway, but like duck. Yeah, at least now the fifth guy would know about the second buzzsaw. Yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. I do like how it cuts his sword too. Yes, like, and that's the yes. first thing you see is the sword gets cut, it falls, and then that head just rolls three hundred yards down those stairs just to fuck with everybody. It's pretty cool, right? It's the breath of God. Yes. It's like the, when it. I was a kid, that that scene, I believe, I'm trying to remember, but I believe, like, scared the shit out of me because I almost never looked at the blades or anything. So, like, by the time the scene ended. It wasn't until like later on in life where I'm like, that's what's going coming through the walls, the blades. Because I never wanted to look at that shit. That shit always scared me for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Well, it's a beheading. So it's it well, the beheadings, yeah. of course. Yeah. And I'm like seven years old or eight years yeah. old watching but it. But it's very atmospheric. Um, it is. Yeah. It's very eerie. You're getting like very John Williams like doing horror vibes. Yeah. A lot of ooh. Yeah. Noise. Yeah. When the, the, oh, like the, the, the wind or whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> The cobwebs move. It gets a little brighter. You hear the like. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, it almost looks like there's like this phantom sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Very haunted house type of shit going yeah. on. Yeah, it's very Ark of the Covenant ghost. Yes, like he yes. He, yeah. he wasn't in the Ark, but like he knows them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right, similar style. Oh, I mean, we, we forgot this line earlier, but speaking of the Ark, I really loved when they're walking through the catacombs and he sees the cave oh, drawing yeah. of the Ark and he's like, that's the Ark of the Covenant. And she's like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah. I've seen it. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> and that, the Ark score picks up again, too. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. After this guy gets beheaded, the Indian crew have been found. They've been found out. Marcus, you just see the gun come right into Marcus's face. And Donovan has the the grand idea to send the great Indiana Jones in to find the Holy Grail for him. And the way in which he convinces him to do this is he shoots Dad right in the stomach. What what was going through your guys' mind when Dad gets shot? Uh, Obviously, initial, you know, because there's been many of these, you know, confrontations where there's a gun and it's, you know, whatever. I didn't think anyone was going to be shot immediately, Mm -hmm. but certainly it happens. And, um... But I like the way that, that uh, I like the way it moved the plot where it was like, okay, now your father's dying. What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. So I thought it was good in that way. So. Way more weight behind it this time. Exactly. Exactly. Did yeah. you fear for his actual life or did you assume that things were going to work out? No, I, I assumed things were going to work. I, just, okay. I didn't think Connor was going anywhere. Okay. Yeah. I feel like this that's more of a plausible question to ask in yes, this instance. Yes, in this instance it is. Because he's not so. the title character as right. right. Yeah, and there's a possibility here because, as you said, he's not the title character. And secondly, he made it to the end of the movie already. So if he's going to be killed off for super dramatic effect, this now's an appropriate time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I'm not certain that he's not that he's going to make it. But I'm leaning towards, you know. 80%, 90% maybe even that he does make it because of the tone of these movies. The tone is so jovial throughout. Like, it's mm-hmm. yeah. do something yeah. that grim right. in the end. It's like, what the fuck? But right. I'm super surprised when he gets shot because of the tone of these movies. Yeah. Yes. And and also, it's super loud. Mm-hmm. Well, it's in, a great sound So it's effect. like, whoa. Yeah. It's kind of like, whoa. It sounds like a cannon went off, you know? Because well, they're in the cave, so you just get like that big booming sound, that yeah. echo. Yeah. throughout the. It, it's and a great it, line. He's exactly. like, you know what? You're absolutely right. And it's like such a great line delivery. And then... Bang! It's like because you go from it's almost it's as loud as it was before, like with the tank and all the other shit. It's just right between dialogue. That's like really shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, yeah, pretty impactful. And he doesn't pause. And Donovan doesn't pause for very long when he says, "You're absolutely right," and shoots him. Like it's very quick. There's not. There's not a lot of time for you to effect. even yeah. focus on the fact that oh shit, the gun's now pointing at dad. Holy shit, don't shoot him, don't shoot him. Oh, he shot him. Like, you don't even have time to think about it. It's just instantly like, you know what, you're right, bang. Which is yeah. which is cool. Um, so, Indiana, obviously now, 
reluctantly agrees to this because, as Donovan points out, the healing powers of the Grail is the only thing that's going to save your father. And Indy is the only one besides uh, Henry Sr. with the clues from the diary as to how to pass these tests. Which, again, it's not spelled out. It's not like he's got the, you know, the actual answer written there. They are still a little bit of a riddle. There are three of them. There is the Breath of God, the Word of God, and the, I forget what the third one is called. Leap of Faith. Yeah. Did you guys enjoy this sequence, which, again, is a little bit more of the puzzly, a little bit more of him figuring it out? Did you have a particular favorite of the three trials, as it were? I can't remember trial number two. So there was uh, the first the one. The alphabet like, soup. He has to write Jehovah. The alphabet soup. The yeah. alphabet soup. Yeah, yeah, so the first one is the penitent man yes. is humble before God, and the humble penitent man kneels. You need to kneel yep. so that the you don't get beheaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But real quickly beforehand, because I noticed this when watching it, when he says, all oh, the power of the cup can, can only save your father now. I thought maybe they could have skipped that line, because going into it, you still don't know if the father's going to make it or not. I think that line completely cements the idea that he's going to make it. Okay. Because, like, now you're introducing the idea of the cup. not Because before, all you knew that if you drink it, you're going to live forever. You didn't know that if you could pour it over a gunshot wound. It was going to save it. It was going to save it. So I thought, like, oh, maybe they could have just taken that out. But I suppose to really motivate Indiana Jones to really get through it. Because if you didn't have that, it'd be more of, like, a gun to Indiana Jones' heads to get it done more than anything. Because hmm. he would have been like, forget that. You, you can do whatever. I'm spending the last moments with my father. Yes, well, speed I suppose, is of the essence. Yeah, speed too. is of the essence, yeah. But I thought, if anything, if you guys didn't know if he was going to make it then, that that line was going to sort of tell you that, okay, he's going to come back with the water and sort of like pour it on the on the uh, the injury. So those first two trials yeah. are pretty crazy and hard to believe, you know, that that could be engineered. Pretty serious booby traps. The third one... <laughs> 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 you, yes, see where, you see where I'm going with this, Bridget? Well, I just remember you were like, You're I so don't understand. No yeah. I'm like, how like that? does this work? Did that happen? <laughs> You're like, did, did it look like that before? I don't know. And that's when I asked you, what do you believe? I'm like, did I miss something? Because, um, yeah, that one's a little nuts. Like, how do you explain that one? It's I, it's an optical illusion. Yeah. yeah. It's the, the stone matches the stone. So you have the from whole your from your POV, yeah. Yeah. Since you can't, since it's such a tight cord, I've tried to look at it a few times before, but the way that I can only see it is that it's a really tight corridor. You can't really move around to really see what it looks like, and that it's an optical illusion. Yeah. And that people sort of kind of just like jump forward, and just because it's such a narrow walkway or causeway through it, that they just fall off. Yeah, I couldn't. And tell obviously, it. they can't go back and be like, "Hey, there was a platform back there." It right. looked like it was invisible at first. Right. That's well, what, yeah, it's supposed to. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell if part of the issue was we're watching it on this like older TV and like the contrast <laughs> was no, thrown right, off, right. or no, um, no even on 4K Blu-ray, it looks like it. right. Yeah, when you watch it on current gen versions, yeah. it's almost easier to see the blending than it was in this because like it goes by and it, again it's kind of grainy so it just disappears again but when you see it with all of the refreshing color like yeah. the the blend of colors between the walkway and the back wall it's a better reveal hide yeah. reveal hide as the camera moves around it right because there is one or two angles where you distinctly see the the causeway yeah yeah 
Uh, right. So then, like, when he goes, gets, finally gets across, he throws all the, the rocks and debris on it so he could actually see it. Yeah. Because, like, the sun or whatever's coming through that canyon can hit the rocks or sand. Yeah. When I was younger, I did think it was just an invisible bridge, though. Like, I could not wrap my mind around what I was looking at. It's a leap of faith. Yeah. It's a good callback, too, because his dad has that painting of the man standing over the like, cavern. Sort of hovering. With the grail also hovering over the cavern. Yeah. Like it's a level in Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> but you got you to gotta find the invisible bridge. So even though you, you have to suspend a lot of your disbelief with that, did it take you out of the moment? Or was it just kind of like a, eh, okay, but you're still, like, invested yeah. in getting through that third trial. It's it's still pretty cool. Yeah, I was... I, I didn't know what happened. Like, I'm glad we had this explanation because I, I don't... I, until two or three minutes ago, I didn't understand. Yeah, we're both kind of like, huh? I didn't really understand it. I didn't get it. Honestly, it, again, I think it falls second to what it's really supposed to be, which is like the first two traps, like Indiana Jones is still kind of reluctant to believe what his father's been chasing his entire life. And now this third one where he's literally got to take a leap of faith yeah. that he's finally like believing his father and everything. And he has like the sort of cathartic release of, you know, like, holy crap, like my father is semi-right about all of this mm -hmm. crazy shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Particularly when we get in and meet the the guy in that hole, but <laughs> yeah, which I mean we do right, which, which right we do right there, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we there. we get the introduction of the the lone brother that has survived. He has been living his entire life inside of this uh, Grail Cavern. How are you guys feeling about the introduction of <laughs> Father Time? Prior talk, yeah, it's funny. Um, <laughs> I was curious about the candles. Like, what candles he buying that are you know, staying lit here? For That's good stuff, man. That's a good thought. He just, he's remaking new ones with the wax as it burns out. <laughs> the waxes of corpses and shit that are right yeah, there. What's going yeah. on over wax there? Wax from his ears. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's, got, he's got a little Fight Club thing going on in that thing. Yeah. So he goes in. It, it, I assume that the guy was alive immediately. I think they... They, they almost sort of betray it like it's this dead knight who's a... Uh, yeah, his back is to the entrance her, way. But it seemed to me like... Uh, I, I, I thought that because of the the uh, the lore behind it with the, the three brothers and the knights who had done it, I was like, okay, well, this is like the the last challenge or whatever. He's, you know, he's going to be there. So Yeah, single combat. Right. Which he immediately falls over just based on the weight of uh, the, the sword. Well, it's pretty it's an admiral yeah. swing. Yeah. 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 He had one shot, you know. I mean, he was selected because he was the best and strongest and smartest and most cunning and best warrior, yeah. so... Yeah. Oddly most dressed. Yeah. <laughs> for a night. Yeah, for a night. So what happened to his two brothers? They left. They left him behind to guard the grail. Yeah. They went back to tell the tale. One of them died on the way because, again, I think they... I think they were in there for a while. I, th I can't remember the exact moments of the yeah. story they tell at the beginning, but it was basically like on the way back, one of them dies in Italy. The last one makes it to France and he tells the Franciscan monk this whole story of finding the grail. It's everlasting life, but if you get shot in the face, you're dead. You know what I mean? It's like as long as you kind of avoid that type of stuff, you're going to live, I think is at least how I see it. Yeah, exactly. So does that mean uh, – Indy is going to live forever now because he drank from it. I, I don't know. You'll have to watch Ooh. some sort of supplemental yeah, material. Like that's to, what's inferred. What do you but, believe? Yeah. Well, they do talk about this. And again, it's not expressly stated. But when they make mention of the fact that the cup cannot cross the seal, the knight says something to the effect of the it has to stay here. That's the price of immortality. Yeah. Basically insinuating that if you cross the seal, you also lose that protection that cancels it or something. of immortality. Uh, yeah. So like the second that you leave 
and you cross the seal, the power within you also goes away. So that means if you want to be immortal, you just got to hang out with Friar Tuck for the next time? Yeah, months? basically. And Uber Eats. And well, Uber no, eats. just don't take the fucking cup out of there. Take a sip and then bail. That's well, all no, you really need well, no, to do. What I'm saying, though, is I think as that the as... magic leaves you as soon as you cross the seal because yeah. he says the uh, cup can't leave. You have to stay here. That's the price of immortality. So that's you what have I, to stay. That's what I understood okay. as well. However, that kind of makes the the cup useless. So I'm like, eh, not worth all this. I mean, like you can be immortal if you sit by yourself forever. It's good for a gunshot. Not worth it. It's good for a gunshot wound. Yeah, and again, (laughs) this is that's my reading of the situation, having seen this. But it's not expressly laid out, and there are some things in later installments that kind of lead me in that direction but we will get there when we get there Um, but again it's not expressly laid out in the movie how the magic of it works it's just it works here in this moment and do with it do with it what you will but before we even get to that point donovan and elsa come waltzing through no problems whatsoever i'm surprised that they got the jehovah thing the only thing that i think is that they heard Henry saying Jehovah starts with an I yeah. and that they knew how to, because like he wouldn't have left footprints. There were, they weren't dusty enough to leave footprints for them to follow, but they were able to do it. They were able to go through. Obviously they see the bridge because he threw the, the sand on it and Donovan goes and wants to find the grail. He doesn't know which one. And the knight tells him, you have to choose. This is really the final test. Elsa chooses for him, chooses this big golden chalice what did you guys think about the reveal of the fake grail? So I thought, yet yet again, here's more betrayal, but sort of in the reverse. I, I had the impression that Elsa knew she was giving him the wrong cup. Mm-hmm. That was the impression I, I Yeah, because she doesn't, she does a, yeah, she like, does a kind of look to Bridget him. Bridget face. Yes. Yeah. Listeners. And she yes. also, even during, like, the book burning, she's, like, crying or whatever. You can tell she's got to get roped into all this shit in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not compl- a complete piece of shit. She should definitely burn in hell. But uh, <laughs> yeah. she has she some sort of heart she and she's – exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, didn't say who the employer was. Yeah. <laughs> and she has an affinity for the history, too, yeah. ultimately. That's why she's sad about the books burning. That's why she cares about the Grail. And she does say after the what happens happens that the cup would never be a gold chalice. Like, that's not yeah. the cup of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where we get our real supernatural moment of the movie when Donovan drinks from the wrong Grail. Before we get to that, when they walked in, I'm like, why doesn't this knight kick their ass? Or at least question. Like, <laughs> like what? He wants every old guy in this movie to kick his <laughs> Yeah, because the knight's 700 years old. Yeah. No, but I mean, he's immortal. He, he couldn't lift the sword to fight Indy and you want him to take on the woman and the other guy? Like, well, no. he tries to attack Indy and it's like, okay, it makes sense that this one guy would make it here. Uh, but who are these other two Jamooks? Well, why would he assume they weren't together? I, I don't know. Those other two. Yeah, he's been waiting there 700 years, no one entered, and one guy comes in and. It makes sense that the three people one enter in. Worthy yeah, would enter. a separate group of people just solved it as well. Yeah, but you have to remember too. He walked in with two other people. The knight yeah. did seven hundred years ago. So he has no reason to think. And Indy doesn't immediately reach for the whip, reach for the sword. Like he turns around and it's just like, oh fucking these guys. So I think if Indy had reacted of like, all right, fisticuffs, let's go. The knight might have been like, all right, I'll give it a shot too. Here's my yeah. heavy sword. <laughs> but because I think Indy doesn't react, the knight has no reason to. Assume they're not 
together. Yeah, I think they, they trade looks. Like he looks up at him like a dog. Like like, <laughs> should I like? Should we let this person in or should I take yeah. a bite out? Yeah, are they safe? Let him in or light him up. Yeah, yeah light exactly. him up. Yeah. So, what did you guys ultimately think of Donovan aging incredibly rapidly? To the point of corpsing. I'll, I'll defer to, uh, to Zach. Uh, because the, the corpse corner of the podcast. Yeah, this is Zach's corner. Yeah. So it's really cool. It. I think when they went with the hair in the back of his head, that's really cool. The whole thing is really cool. I think it's mostly practical, uh, which is which is great. And it's so vastly superior to the ending of Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That, so I'm very happy. I do like the guy melting an arc, though. That's yeah. good stuff. Yeah, what, what is it? Because both of them are fantastical, supernatural. There's not weird ghost face flying around like, ah! So the ghost is the you bridge like too the far. the Ghostbusters sort of effects. Yeah, what the hell was that even? Okay. <laughs> um, Wait, there's a podcast. If you listen to it, we talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's still my take. What the hell was that? Yeah. But this guy, this guy is cool. The way he ages so rapidly, it's just, it's great. It's good. It's, it's almost like... Um, What's happening to Sam Raimi, Evil Dead, except he just draws it out to such a ridiculous... But this is very cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, and the line after immediately is iconic and great, where he just says, he chose poorly. poorly. I mean, that line is so iconic. It's so great. And then following it up with Indy then choosing the cup of a carpenter, which is a very understated, no no frills, nothing fancy, no shiny metals, no jewels, no rubies, no nothing. Uh, and he drinks from it, and the knight immediately just looks at him, no worry, no nothing, just says, you chose wisely. And then they're like, all right, cool, let's just Have leave. you guys never seen that before, like the choosing wisely, you haven't chosen wisely? Because that's kind of... No. I know we talk about stuff like pop culture and I yeah. think I've things heard like it, that. Like that's... But when you don't know the reference, it kind of... But like, yeah. you ever done something wrong and someone's like, you've chosen wise or you poorly. not poorly, yeah. I'm fairly certain I've sent that gift to you guys before, too, yeah. of him being like, he chose poorly. Yeah, so I definitely yeah. feel like I've heard it, but when you don't know it, yeah. like, right, what right, does it okay. mean to you? Well, yeah. So you've heard it. I believe so. Yeah, okay. Huh. It sounded vaguely familiar. And it's good. It's good. So then after this, they, they rush out of the, the grail chamber. They've got the cup of holy water and they give some to Henry Sr. to drink and they ultimately pour it directly over his open wound and all is healed. Yes. Relieved? <laughs> Relieved. Are you? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's where you saw it going once, once Indy chose, chooses the cup and mm-hmm. runs out of there. I mean, how else you finish in that scene? <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, you pretty have the movie in your head, but did you guys see the whole seal being broke, the cave being broken apart? A little bit, because I, I didn't think they were just going to, at that point, ride away on, on horseback and ride We need one more little action scene. They need one more action scene. There. Well, because there's still a bunch of Nazis. Still, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she, in particular, needs her come yeah. up. Come up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Literally goes to hell. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, into the smoke. Yeah. Did you think Andy was going to save the cup when she can't reach it, she falls in? He falls in and then is also reaching for it. He's touching it. He's moving it a little bit. Yeah. Did you think he was going to get the grail? Um, yes and no. I mean, once you see the dad and he like sort of recognizes, like, let it go, mm-hmm. you know, because th- dad's had an adventure at that point. He has his fill. And it's a great touch, too, because the entire movie he's calling Indy Jr. He, right. he never wavers from it. Right. He calls him Jr. every single time. And in this do or die perilous moment he just looks him in the eye and just says Indiana Indiana, Indiana yeah just enough like yes. let's go and he's like oh Let shit go, yeah. like he 
he finally called me the thing I've been telling him to call me since I was however old. I'm surprised he goes for it, because it's, like, so symbolic. This woman lets greed take the forefront, and she dies over greed. The, the most simple metaphor there. And then he's going to be like, I'm going to be greedy, too. Well, I think it's the... the he wants the artifact. Yeah, that's the thing. He yeah. wants to put it in a museum. And it's I think that they're kind of overtaken by the moment of this iconic artifact because even as they're saying like elsa don't cross the seal like the guy warned us you were standing right there don't do it and she's like no we have it though let's just go no we have it she's just overtaken almost mesmerized by the moment yeah and it's a sort of mirror image of when he goes and gets the cross coronado you see the cross almost fly off the ship and he goes and grabs it anyways and, you know, he's always gotten his hat. He's gotten almost every single artifact mm-hmm. in the series thus far. It's a nice change of pace. I was wondering if we were going to see a little whip action come out and, like, grab it off the shelf. Yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we didn't get a ton of... I, I think when the whip came out, it was just to sort of get into Henry's room at yeah. the castle. There's one time... I'm trying to remember exactly where, because he saves his dad, right? His dad's about to Oh, fall. on the train. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. He yeah. grabs him by, like, the... the yeah, he by the leg. Um, and his wool jacket is just getting shredded. Yeah. <laughs> One more thing about the chasm opening up. Mm. So, just like with Temple of Doom, there were scenes in this movie that I used to reenact like with my cousins <laughs> and stuff, and this was the scene from this movie. And I would always have to be Elsa. Like, push, push the just, couch sexual apart. Like, oh, okay. ah! Like, like, I just so wanted many. to follow up. They complete the, the trilogy yeah, of, of course. my childhood. Glad that you brought elevation into it with a couple of couches. At I least. love doing the thing with the couch. You're gonna have to reenact all of these for us. <laughs> I got a sectional right here. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Caverns of Plenty. Right. So ultimately, Indy is pulled out of the hole. They make it out. I think probably some Nazis do too, but they just run for their lives because they've got no backup. And then they literally ride off into the sunset after the grand reveal that Indy is called Junior because his name is Henry Jones Junior. But he likes to be called Indiana because that was the name of the dog. And he has fond memories of that dog. It's like Cosmo Kramer. <laughs> I don't know. I, it didn't. It's a throwaway joke. It's yeah. Right. It's exactly. Fun. That's how it's, I it's took whatever. it. But I, whatever. But it is the end of the movie, it essentially. Is, yeah. So it's like, did, did that impact anything for you to kind of go out on this really corny reveal and a literal right off into the sunset where Marcus is about to fall <laughs> off his horse? Right. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. It, it knocks the strongman Indiana Jones off his pedestal a little bit. And he's like, he's a human or whatever. It's exactly. like, he's, he's got stupid little nicknames. It's a little and endearing. Origins. Yeah. It just makes him more human. Because he's obviously embarrassed about it, you know what I mean? Which yeah. is something we don't get a lot of Indiana Jones being in the movies is embarrassment. And the Egyptian guy laughing. Sully, yeah. It's like, so you're named after a dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because all he's known him as is this badass adventurer for his entire life. And yeah. turns out he's just he's named after a dog. So that, that brings us to the end of the movie. That brings us to the end of this original trilogy. How, how are you guys feeling about the Indiana Jones franchise and this movie in particular? Yeah, I mean... Enjoyed all three movies. Again, I think this was my favorite um, of the three, but I, I enjoyed all of them. Um, I wasn't, I, I don't want to misquote anyone, but it seemed like some of you were a little down on number two a little bit, but I, 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 I two was five for me. It was probably my <laughs> least favorite of them, but it was by no means a, a, a far dip. Yeah. 
Okay. I agree. You can count on Indy to be fun and entertaining. It's always a fun ride. Great adventure. It delivers on all that. Uh, and there's like really, really uh, funny or cool moments in each one of them. So there's something for everyone. Yeah. 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 You ca- I guess you kind of want to see all of them because there's cool things to be offered from each. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you enjoyed any one of the three, there's no reason not to see the other ones. I mean... Yeah, so that, that was going to be my next question. Speaking of seeing all of them... Bum, bum, bum. This caps off a trilogy <laughs> that ended for, I think, 19 years is what it ends up being. How do you guys feel about going on and seeing what is very much a maligned, wishy-washy? Are you on board? Do you want to see this? Or are you kind of like... I feel like you got to. I think you should, just to get the complete picture... But again, if you want to tap out, I wouldn't blame you necessarily to like have this be a capped off Uh, finisher. Right. I'm just staring over at Bridget, just sort of gauging. Well, she's watching it regardless. I don't (laughs) don't really have a choice. She hasn't even seen it. I have. We we both have. Okay. I I feel like. I I feel like if I have to, you guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's different things going on here. Like if I was in Bridget's shoes, I would think I would have a a whole different perspective on this. Well, yeah, because because I grew up with this, and this was my childhood, and then there's this sort of bastardized fourth movie or whatever. I might have a different feeling about watching it. Uh, but you know, from my shoes, like I don't really have a whole lot invested. Like this was not my childhood by any means, so I'm not invested in this in that sort of sentimental way. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I figured maybe yeah. you guys wanted to wait 19 years before seeing it, so I figured I'd let you jump <laughs> off now, just in case. Yeah. Seems like you guys are on board, so I think sometime in the next month or so, we'll, we'll get you back in here for uh, for Indiana Jones 4, which does, in fact, exist. All right. All right. Yeah, gentlemen. Anything else from Bridget? Johnny, you guys have anything else you want to get out there before we wrap things up? No, it's been a pleasure. Yes. Uh, this whole trilogy is. I've always loved these movies, and I'm glad other people love them too, or at least like them a lot. So, Yeah, I'm very glad that we got to show these to you guys, and I'm very excited to see how we feel about the uh, the next one. But that will do it for this episode of Fine Out Watch. And remember, you can find every episode of Fine Out Watch It every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pod, so let us know what you think of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Now that we've wrapped up all three, which one sits as the, your favorite in the trilogy? Make sure to let us know at Broken Clock Pods. But once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Johnny. And I'm Bridget. And thanks so much for listening. 